calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc. Hodeskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hi, I'm Tina Hadamio. And I'm Hilary Doherty. And we host the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. Hey, Tina, did you know that Elvis crashed the Nixon White House for the sole purpose of getting a DEA badge and it worked? Woo! <laughs> or how a gun control advocate senator out of California engaged in gun trafficking with notorious gang leader Shrimp Boy? <laughs> Shrimp Boy, I remember him. Okay, so, you know, we cover all of that and more from Malady madness, mischief, and murder in U.S. politics. And we also host a bi-weekly interview segment called Lil Muck. We interview politicians, journalists, activists, and others who share their experiences in politics. Find The Muck Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on social media at The Muck Podcast. Podescue Podcast. I am CJ with me as always is my head roll. Let me Rico. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? You're Ron DiGiorgio's kid, right? From Oakland? Yes. You like it there? Yeah, I like it there. That's great. Get in the goddamn house. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Uh I was I was uh I was trying to figure out if I should do any jokes for, for today's episode. But uh I was gonna do one. And I think, you know, do you think we need one more? You think we, we might need, need one, one more. more. We might need one more. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more. You know, that joke applies to how many fucking attempts we've tried to do this episode. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Uh, for those of you not fully aware, this is like our fifth attempt to do this recording and or something like that. So I think I think it's four. I think this is this is numero fucking quattro. No, no uh, this is five because this is five. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, I, are you counting the times when we sat down and were like, are we going to do this? And I'm like, no, dude, I got a migraine. I don't know if those count. I think sitting and starting and then. Oh, being okay. Like, if okay. We're only, counting, if we're only up, counting those, then I think it's three. It's third. Okay. Yeah. So if we're only counting that. So. Let's just say we've, we've. We've tried this intro three times, and the jokes still sell. I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't um, hear the attempts, 
But if 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 we only release the joke once, you don't. It doesn't I, matter how many times we've tried. I'll say this though, you. Uh, I don't know. There's for me. For me, yes, the joke still still sells. But like, there's nothing for me, especially because I don't get to make you laugh very often. When I do hit with you a joke that makes you laugh, and the first time I did it, it it did do that, even as though you were confused as fuck, and the recording didn't record it right, so we. Don't yeah. have it, and it's like fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's 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 true. We I it's, had to do a little acting just now. That's all right. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you haven't figured it out, it, it, Rico and I were. If you listened to the last episode, we did a gambling film, uh, all about different gambling films, like the the Croupier and Molly's Game and Rounders and Twenty One and all that. And I made some kind of reference to when we did the Oceans thing, and you were like, uh, "What now?" <laughs> Yeah, you you uh, you had clearly not remembered that we hadn't done it. Well, to be fair, we have talked about the oceans films a lot, pre- a lot, pre- <laughs> like as much as Danny and Rusty don't talk in their conversations is as much as we've talked about the oceans films in previous episodes. Which, by the way, is one of the things we do have to talk about because I absolutely fucking love that. Like. Yeah, I really absolutely love that interaction between those two characters that way, or lack thereof. You know, I look. I I've said this before. I am not the biggest Brad Pitt fan. I I like him in certain movies. I yeah. and I, but I also a lot of the times can see him his his role being played by someone else. That's not the case for Ocean's Eleven. He is no, fucking or, perfect. In well, this. the Ocean series, not just Eleven. The, it's, yeah. Well, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Right. Uh, he he is he he flows with Danny. I didn't. He flows with Ocean. I didn't really. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's still pretty good though. Yeah. I, it didn't intend to make it a pun, but once I saw like the, once you, you once just you, heard yeah. a joke just like evolve in once, a matter of two seconds. Once the tide started flowing, you just went with it, you know. So. You Come on. You you drowned that joke in fucking ocean. <laughs> oh. Uh, you, your jokes are a little rusty, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need one more. I think you need one more. <laughs> I feel bad for all of you today. I really do. Um, all no, but, 11 of you. All of you. Yeah. Uh, I, no, really, though, the fact that we have not actually done an episode on this this franchise this whatever you want to call it because um it it does spread over what is it ultimately it's like 50 years right between if you go all the way back to the og sinatra one through eight i think it's like a 50 it's actually 41 when does ocean's 11 came out in 1960 Right. Okay. 1960, and so it's 58 years because it, Ocean's 18 it, or 8. Oh, I, I, I was. Ta- I thought you were talking about the the gap between 11 and. No, 11. I'm talking from the first Ocean's ever film through the most recent one. It's a 58 year franchise, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Now, granted, you know the uh, 2001 is basically a reboot, so it's not a conti- It's not like Bond. Bond's another 50. I think about 25 year. Or no, it, years wise, it's it's like 50 years from, as well, it's right? 19. It's also 1960. I think a Doctor so, No is. So that's 51 years of Bond, but the difference is that that's it. It's 
different in that it's not really a reboot, but it is a reboot almost every time they change bonds but it's not you know right where, every you know. every every new bond is is in its own way a reboot except i mean the exception is that each movie for the more or less is in its own way a standalone thing with the exception of the daniel craig ones right but my my point though is that bond still feels like an overall just it's been this one long huge thing of course whereas oceans from the sinatra Rat Pack one to the Clooney one in uh, in two thousand one. There's definitely uh uh well it's, it's it's a change in character, it's a change in feel, it's a change in vibe. I mean even even the basic premise is the same, but the execution's very different in terms of the story. So you know, uh, agreed. Um, now I'm I'm I think I already know the answer to this before <laughs> I even ask it. But did you see the Rat Pack? No. No. Okay. Um, let me let me ask you, what do you think that version is? Like, just give me, get, if if you've you've never seen it, you don't know dick about it. Well, I read a synopsis on it, so I can't say I don't know dick about it. You know. Okay. I did so read. Tell a me. It 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 is similar in that they are robbing multiple casinos in Las Vegas in one night in a short period of time. It's the execution that's different, and that they're not the casinos are not linked. in 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 this one, it's the in the the Dan, the I keep saying Danny one, but they're both Danny. In the George Clooney one, it's it's the MGM, the Mirage, and the Bellagio, the MGM Grand, and the Mirage and Bellagio, and that they all, as it's said in the film, filter into one vault. So by stealing from the one vault, they ultimately rob all three casinos even though the focus of the film is the Bellagio, but ultimately they're, they're robbing all three. From what I could tell from the synopsis of the, the Sinatra one, the casinos are just placed throughout the strip. There, there's four right. casinos they attend. I think it's four casinos they hit in that five. one. Five? Okay, I'm not going to argue that. That's fine. But they're not connected like like the three in the Clooney version are. You know, they literally rob five different places individually at the same time so right. it, it it's different in that but you still have your 11 people if i counted right there's still 11 people which is why right. it's called oceans 11 you still have the same principle in the types of characters that you have mm-hmm. there's some upgrades in the Clooney one for technology but you got to give it that right like as you're going from you know 1960 to 2001 you're gonna have upgrades in technology so someone like Livingston from the George Clooney one probably isn't the same as his counterpart in 1960 but and, and to be fair the the counterparts are not even accurate like there's no the names brothers. are the names are completely different the only name that carries through is is Danny between the two right. franchises but it's not even just that it's like like Rusty played by Brad Pitt is completely different than uh uh, uh D Martin's character His like char- there's like just, the characteristics of the, the character okay. the name like the only like hmm that's kind of a connection but not really is Sam Davis Jr. is in the original, and Don Cheadle played Sam Davis Jr. at one point. Yeah, that's not that's, really. <laughs> that's what I'm. But like, you know, like if you're if you're going in order of like, okay, it's Sinatra, it's Martin, it's Sammy, and like, okay, well, Matt Damon is nothing like like Sam Davis Jr.'s character. Oh God, and, no. And neither no. is Don Cheadle. Like, you know, it, it, you're right. The 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 only 
real uh, copy is Danny and Danny. Because I, you, you have to at least acknowledge that, yes, uh, George Clooney's doing George Clooney, but he's doing very much a Rat Pack swagger type Oh, of... for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he dresses, the way he carries himself, absolutely. No doubt about I've, it. Yeah. I've always said that, like, George Clooney's one of the few actors who epitomizes the look and feel of of a Rat Packer, but if, I've never, but I don't believe he could play Sinatra. I think he I, could have fucking killed it as Dean Martin, though. I think he could play Sinatra if they did like an older Sinatra thing, like 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 a like a you know towards the end of the Rat Pack like era. Mm, I think he could do it. I he he's got he's still I still think Martin. He looks he looks closer to Dean Martin than visually. He does I agree. He probably looks closer to Martin. Yeah, but by that standard, um, you could. It, from a visual perspective, Damon could probably play a young Sinatra from a purely visual perspective. Um, yeah, that's 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 not the worst casting. I've I'm not heard. I'm not uh, saying no no no, but I'm just saying if we're staying within this this you know franchise sure. for connect you know connectivity or continuity or whatever you want to call it, like I think I think you know Damon's your you know, I I still I think Clooney could do it. I think it would be convincing. You don't have to agree with that, but I I, I do. You know, so I I just I don't know. I'm trying to imagine Matt Damon acting like New York Italian. It's oh, just I can a see weird. It. I can see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So for me, Sinatra's hard to cast. Like if they were going to do a biopic, it's just a it's it's just oh hard. sure. Well, and I forget I forget who said it, but somebody I saw said that it should be Harry Connick. Oh, Kateri and I both said that. I you, okay. I said that Kateri agreed okay. because it was what the fucking dude from Coldplay has been cast in something like he's. Oh really? No, Creed. I... It was Creed. It was it was the guy. It was the singer from Creed, and he's oh been Scott cast. Stapp. Yeah, yeah, and and Kateri said I I think I saw that I was like what the. I know. I know you're not the biggest fan. I I know you're a fan of his shows. I don't know if you're a fan of him as an actor, but you know who really should do it because he is an actor and he can also croon. Is um, Seth MacFarlane? Seth Seth MacFarlane could probably not that Connick can't do both things either. But from a like honestly, Connick should do Dean. Like visually speaking, I think he looks more Dean. Oh, I disagree. A young Harry Connick Jr. looks like a young Frank Sinatra. All right. I saw, I, I had a cassette, and I was like, when the fuck's Sinatra? Oh, that's not Sinatra. That's, because they, they both, like, their style of singing is similar, but but Connick has a little bit more Louisiana blues sure. to his vocals. Sure. Uh, McFarland, for sure, definitely has the, the, sta- the, the love standard way of singing because he, Modeled his singing based on Sinatra, and I think I and I honestly, we've never seen it because he's never chose to show it to us. But I think he could act if he needed to. Like he always does these goofy, you know, comedy things. So he gets to be off the wall and over the top and whatever. But like, I think if you you gave him McFarland, yeah, yeah, I think if you gave him a serious role like playing Frank, especially something he's gonna care about like that right because he's obviously going to give a shit about playing frank so if if you give him that role i think he would actually do a really good job well that that's not a that's not a bad you know i'm I'm not disagreeing with your opinion as on the whole but obviously i i'm i'm more invested in in these fucking sure. guys than you i would say that you get 
if you want Seth MacFarlane in a Rat Pack biopic, you get him as Dean Martin because then he could be, then he could be serious and comedic because Dean was both. Yeah, and he also visually looks more to Dean than he does Frank. So you get Harry Connick as Frank, you get Seth as fucking Dean, and you get Don Cheadle as Sammy because not for nothing he fucking nailed Sammy Davis Jr. There was an HBO TV movie called The Rat Pack back in like '98. And it was Ray Liotta as Sinatra. It was Joe Montana as Dean Martin. And it was Don Cheadle as Sammy. And fuck, dude. It, 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 for like a TV HBO movie, Don Cheadle fucking got Sammy down to the T. He looked visually like him. He tap danced. He sang. And, and when he sang, he sounded just like him. And he, Sammy he... Was, was able to twirl guns and do a quick draw, like, astoundingly fast. And... Don Cheadle did all this with like four weeks of preparation. Well, and getting back to Don Cheadle, you know, I I love him as Basher. It's the first time I ever saw Don Cheadle, to be honest with you. I, I think you and I have talked about this, and I'm I'm of the opinion I'm pretty sure that was the first movie of that I've seen a Don Cheadle too. And I was also like, wow, is I don't I didn't know his I didn't know British accents could be like that. No, not for nothing. Even he. I what? thought he was British. Like, like. See, I had a, I had a suspicion that this, the, that this was going to come up. You, I'm not, I'm not criticizing your way of thinking, but did you think his accent in Oceans was good? I, yeah, but I'm not. I, I mean, to to tell you, I'm like ultra versed in British accents. Right. You know, it's <laughs> would be a lot. I mean, maybe a little more now because of our experience with our friends overseas from doing this. But prior to right. Potescu, no. You know, like. Well, I'll, I'll see. I I was kind of on the fence even back when I saw it when I was like eleven or twelve. Like I was on the fence because I was like, it doesn't sound. It sounds very cartoony, Cockney in certain inflections. Like, I'm not going to say he went full on Dick Van Dyke because he didn't. It's a better Dick Van Dyke. It's better than Dick Van Dyke. But I remember like, huh, he, he could be British, but it sounds like he's trying to do fake British in certain scenes. But he actually fucking loathed his own accent. He he personally thought it was not very good. He's come forward and said it was not very good. I did not. It was not a good accent. And he tried desperately to not get to like to basically to drop the accent. And like Soderbergh was like, no, you chose this. You got to either get better or stick with what you got. And so a compromise was by three oceans, 13. I mean, he says, all right, well, I want to play a character that does such a really bad American accent. So I want to be in character as a British person trying to learn how to do accents and do a really bad American accent. And that joke of like, him telling Tess in 12, the accent's the most important thing. Yeah, you don't yeah, get yeah. the right inflections, yeah, they'll yeah. crucify you. Is him talking about all, all of his own his own feelings and the reviews where people were like, Don Cheadle did an awful accent. That I, being said I disagree. I don't think it's that terrible, but that's that's me, I guess. I think I think for I, I think he got crucified in England. For sure. Oh well, but he also like I, one of the things I read is he went over and spent a month over there trying his best to like, pay, like he didn't just like pull it out of thin air and like this is what it's supposed to sound like. Maybe he didn't do a great right. job, but by their standards. But you know, at the same, it wasn't for lack of effort. 
It, it, yeah, it wasn't for lack of trying, and he's clearly trying. Um, right? I, I'm looking at his credits, by the way, and I can tell you right now, there is actually a movie I've seen. I don't remember when I saw it, so I might have seen it before he before I saw Oceans, but I don't know that I would have been able to like say that's the same guy at the time, if that uh-huh. makes sense. And then he was in three movies the same year as Oceans, all three of which I've seen multiple times. I own all three films, and I don't remember what order I saw them in. So first the movie the previous movie, the one that was earlier, he was in Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. And I have seen that and I think I saw that before I saw Oceans. I'm I'm almost positive because that's a nineties from ninety seven. I didn't see it in a the theater, but I'm pretty sure I saw it after the fact before I saw Oceans. However, he's also in Oceans, Swordfish, and Rush Hour Two all in the same year. They're all the same year. And I don't know what order I saw th- those three in. So I think I saw, I, you know, the more I think about it, I'm pretty sure I saw Oceans before I saw Rush Hour. Because I saw Rush Hour 1 after I saw Rush Hour 2. Um, and I saw Swordfish like way late. Like I think I was like 15, 16. Okay. Um, it was definitely after I'd seen X Men, for example. Right. Um, same, by the way, about uh, X-Men version. Yeah. There was another movie that I had seen years previously, but only had like one or two memories of, but I, he was not in the memories. Um, he was in a movie called Out of Sight yes. with uh, George Clooney. Okay. And that's, oh man, that that's super underrated. Like it's, it's another Soderbergh film. I think it's actually the first pairing of Clooney and Soderbergh. Um, like for example, the opening scene is is Clooney in very Danny Ocean esque way, uh, robs a bank. And he does it in such a charming way that you're like, did he fucking Jedi mind trick the clerk? Like <laughs> honestly, dude, out of sight's really good. You should check it out. Well before before we get deeper into um the Clooney one. Is there any? I'm, I'm being serious. Is there anything else you want to say on? Because I have um, nothing. I've not seen it, so I can't say much to it. it. It's I the the most important thing is that it's it's some people regard it as a classic, and it is a classic for its time. Uh, and as much as I idolize Sinatra and love the Rat Pack and all that shit, I'm here to tell you the fucking remake is better. Uh, the the original. I I know it goes against every grain of like. I know it, it, it's that, and I know like people are just like, did Rico just say something's better than Sinatra? <laughs> I I am, and my reasoning why is because first and foremost, Ocean's Eleven, the original is, was a publicity campaign thing for Kennedy. First and foremost, it it was all about like, hey, we're campaigning for Kennedy. We don't just sing and dance. We also act. You might have seen our movies of other movies we did. (laughs) Right. And it's historic in the sense that this is the first real teaming of the Rat Pack. And I mean, all the five members. There's your three core. It's Frank, Dean, and Sammy. But then there's Peter Lawford, who really was integral to the whole movie being made. Because he and Sinatra were at... Uh, odds with each other. So, you know, they, they had a fight. Peter Lawford was sitting down with um, Ava Gardner for dinner, 
and she and Sinatra were married, but they were estranged at that point. So Sinatra took that as they were on a date and he was like threatening to have Lawford's legs broken and blah, blah, blah. And Sinatra only started showing more of an interest in Lawford when Lawford started fucking, uh, literally started fucking uh, Patricia Kennedy, and Jack then, Kennedy's sister. And then Lawford shook Sinatra's hand and it was all good from there, you know, so. No, it wasn't all good from there. It was not all. I, I'm here to tell you, it was not all good from there because, uh, due to Sinatra's alleged, and it's not even alleged. There, there were there were connections. He had uh, handshake uh, interactions with mafiosi, mm. and after Kennedy had become president, Kennedy was supposed to stay at Sinatra's house. So Sinatra had, was building a whole new wing for the Secret Service and for Kennedy. He had a phone installed uh, uh, so he could contact Washington and the White House and all that. It was a direct... like He he, he shelled out like at least $2 million for this expansion, which back in 1962 or 61 was a big fucking deal. Sure, yeah. And because Bobby Kennedy uh, was Attorney General, he was like... Jack, you can't stay at Sinatra's house. You can't sleep in the same bed that Mafiosi has slept in, which allegedly Jack said, you don't think he's changed the sheets? Like, come on, like, get over yourself. <laughs> so neither Jack nor Bobby told Frank. They sent Lawford, who was known at this point as the brother in Lawford. Oh. And they sent his ass to tell Frank, and Frank was, and, and Frank, took out his anger on Peter and cut him out of the Rat Pack, cut him out of all the movies they were going to do and just cut him out of his life. Like he didn't, he, he didn't blame Bobby. He didn't blame Kennedy. He blamed Peter. Lawford, who just got yeah. the raw end of the deal. Killed him. Um, basically. Essentially. And, yeah. and then what he, there's conflict, conflicting reports, but Sinatra allegedly destroyed the helipad that he had fucking built. Like with a with a sledgehammer, like fucking destroy the whole thing. Like Sinatra's rage was pretty, pretty out there. Yeah. He went full Sicilian. But the the whole point is that he, in order for Lawford to try and get back into good graces, and Sinatra was showing an interest and was kind of opening the door a little bit. Lawford brought found a script for Ocean's Eleven, and brought to Sinatra's like this will be great. It'll be you, me, Sammy, and and Dean. It'll be great. It'll be an awesome trip. And Sinatra was like, I hate the title, but let's, let's, let's do the movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. And, and, and then Dean Martin quipped, fuck the movie. Let's just do the job. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So when you watch, if you ever watch the movie, because I imagine you would be a little curious in the sense, it's nothing against like older movies. You're just like, I want to see where this fucking yeah, I am curiosity. Yes. And for full disclosure for the audience, it was one of those ones where like, we really were focusing on the, the remakes franchise anyway, and I was going to have to pay extra money to watch the OG one. Like if it's one which, of I, ones, which I offered. You did. But I, I just, and also time. Time became a yeah, thing I, too. But. I've also dumped a ton of homework on you. So yes. you're just like, fuck, which, Rico. You get, you get one. You get these fucking sci-fi horror films or you get Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> right. And so the sci-fi horror one. Um, I was like, well, fuck. okay. Yeah. Um, but go, the so, other thing, no, go ahead. Sorry. The, the other thing to acknowledge is that this is the only movie 
The only other character I've seen apart from his stint as the Joker where I've seen Cesar Romero act. Oh, the original, the OG one? The OG Joker is sort of the antagonist of the Ocean's Eleven film. He plays a guy. He's the Terry Benedict of that film without being. No. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's the Terry Benedict without being a casino owner. He's actually like he's got connections to all the casinos and he he he's the only one who solves who fucking uh, robbed the banks or the casinos. So he blackmails them and says, you can give me half of this or I'm going to take my percentage from the other casinos who have hired me to find their money and, and bring the criminals to justice. Right. And it ends in such a fucking like, Oh no. Can I, can I spoil the ending? Please. Okay. So they, they successfully robbed the banks. And even though it's like casinos, sorry, I keep saying banks. Um, I'm I'm thinking about Willie Bank. That's that's my uh, <laughs> that's my that's my excuse. Um, the I casinos, got a lot to say about thirteen when we get there, but yeah, or, yeah, so do I. Um, not I, as much as twelve and eight, but I, I have a lot of good things to say about thirteen. Um, and I've got plenty of good to say about eight. So oh, yeah. well, good. That's why we're here, so we can argue and and make people laugh. Um, All two of them. Yeah, that's right. Well, I listen. I, I get I get entertained. You, okay. you you clearly don't listen because you didn't know we fucking didn't do oceans. I didn't listen to you enough. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, it, it, it's a successful heist. And even back then, they did have like, not gadgets, but they had ways of doing it. Like they use invisible ink and, and paint. So they, during daylight hours, they paint trails to where to go and then they do a they do a a power outage so they're able to see where they're going in the dark with like goggles right and see like red or green paint on the floor and on doorknobs and x's and shit that's how they get away with it that's how the why they're able to move around and be uh, become undetected and they do it on they do it on new year's eve right i remember reading that Yeah, yeah 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 they time the duration of um, all sayings be forgot. Uh, all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they time the duration of that song and that's their window. So, so in that same vein, look at granted, we're, we're acknowledging they're not the same film, but you've been looking, you've been talking about some connections. They do kill all the power in, yeah. in the Clooney one. Now the, it's the whole heist doesn't take place during the power kill, but right. there's still that. It's probably another like, okay, let's pay some more homage to the OG one and, and have the power kill. You know what I mean? It, also, it just makes sense. Most heists, not most heists, but a lot of, a lot of heists require some power outage of some sort, like kill, kill the security alarms, kill the fucking right, security right. Killers, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah. 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 Their whole thing is like just fucking make all of Las Vegas fucking blackout. Which, um, if I read correctly, they actually did. They actually got Vegas to shut down to turn to to film the the strip turning off. That's ballsy. I'm not gonna lie. That's really ball, fucking ball. Are you talking about the original or the remake? The remake. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I it wouldn't surprise me if they did do it for the original because Sinatra had that kind of clout. Um, so. During the heist, one of the members 
has a heart attack and dies on the strip. Right, I read that, and that's how they know something's funky because the guy was like, yeah, because all the all the the, the crew of Ocean's Eleven used to be paratroopers in a in a fucking in the army together. So that's their connection. It's like, why is so and so in Vegas with, and also so and so's in Vegas, and all this money just got stolen. Blah 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 blah. So they just, they say, okay, we have we'll we're gonna hide all the money because Cesar Romero's coming after us, and they hide it under their buddy's body in the coffin and then they all and then their their plan is later they'll get the money and then just leave town and and go into hiding yeah and they're all sitting at the funeral and they hear a noise and one leans out to like they're all lined up in a pew and one says what's that noise and they go down the lines like what's that noise what's that noise what's that noise and they get to one random guy who's not part of the crew he's just at the end of the pew and he says the body's being cremated hmm. and they, and they slowly just look back at it. Like it just, it's this long look in one direction and this one long look back to the guy who first asked, what's that noise? And they realize all the money just went up in smoke literally. And they, the movie ends with them just like, kind of like sullenly walking down the strip and you see the sand sign, and it says Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sam Davis Jr. in the background mm. as they're walking, because they're like, "Fuck it, we, you know, we're, this sure. that's my point. This was a whole publicity movie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it, it's not my favorite Rat Pack movie. I think Robin and the Seven Hoods is better. Sinatra doesn't even sing in Ocean's Eleven. You get Sam Davis Jr. and and Dean Martin. Sing a, they sing the same song a couple times, mm. like their version of a song. Like, ain't that a kick in the head? Is from yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Um. Anyways, as far as I know, unless I remember something that like is a connection, we can we can fucking move on to Ocean's uh, reboot. Okay. Um. So I have to tell you first and foremost, my my buddy Ben, who I I'm not as close with these days, uh, for no other reason except just life, uh, introduced me to this film. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had seen like trailer, not trailers, but like commercials. You know, when you're watching TV or whatever, and said, "Oh, that looks interesting." But Ben was the one that actually the one's like, "Hey, I got the Ocean's movie on DVD. Can I? Do you want me to bring it over and we'll watch it?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, please." You know, right? And and we watched it, and I fucking loved it instantly. Like this is one of those movies that, like, the next day, actually. <laughs> He left it in my place for almost three years. So much so that he, I thought he'd forgotten it and almost basically claimed ownership. And then one day he was like, uh, dude, can I get my copy of Ocean's Eleven back? And I'm like, shit. Is so, that why you, like, you're not friends as much as you no, used no, to? No, 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 fucking... no, no. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's still with things that I don't want to get into. But, um, gotcha. And it's not even bad things. I just don't, they're just debatable It's not things. relevant to the story. Not at all. Yeah. Um. So in any event, he, uh, but yeah, I, I found that. And I think it goes back. I think part of it, I think it's a combination of things, right? That made me really love this movie. 
So first, I think you always joke with me about how do you not like certain things that are like Philly based? Like, you know, it's always sunny. And there was another one you were something else that I recently I remember you were like, how do you not watch this? It's Philly based or whatever, you know, and you kind of gave me some shit about the Sopranos because it wasn't Jersey based. And I, you know, I at least gave the argument about North versus South South Jersey based. Right. Well, that was my argument. Yeah. Um, Oceans is Oceans is everything like and and I didn't even know it at the time, but it ultimately double connects me to everything in my life because born and raised in Jersey and the bulk of the Jersey pieces take place in South Jersey in that film. There's not a whole lot of Jersey in, There's in not. Ocean's Eleven. There's not, but the pieces that do take place in, in places that I've been, okay. in places that I've spent time in, and then turns out I got the family in Vegas. So right. you know, like it, it and so I think it I think it was all of that, but like and and then that love for that movie has grown after finding the family. Like I was already a huge fan to begin with, but then once sure. I found the family and made that double connection, it was like Oh, okay. You know what I mean. I hear you. So, um, but yeah, that that film. I've I I honestly remember when we did the. I forget what we called it, and I'm not even saying this is not even like I I'm not paying attention to our own episodes, but it was one we did. It was like those comfort film. I think we just called it comfort films, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't mention it, I should have because that is definitely a go to. Like if I, I think you did. Did I? I, I might have. I think that's really one of the crux. Uh, no, not crux. That's the, the wrong word. That's one of the the crucial episodes where we did talk a little about the oceans. Films. Yeah, and and eleven is is a go to for me when I'm just sure. like you know. I I have to agree. Like I I said it earlier. Like I I think this is a better film. And Soderbergh went into this purely for he's like I don't want to make a movie where people have any complaint he's like i want the most easy viewing movie i could ever possibly make the 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 plot is not the heist plot is not too complicated which a lot of heist movies can tend to do but that's the thing it it is and it's not and that's what i love about these oceans films even even 12 and 8 for that matter you know what I mean? Mm. Like there are multiple layers taking place at the same time, most of which you're not even especially on a first viewing, that you're mm-hmm. not aware of in any capacity. And yet, to your point, it doesn't feel like that. So you're not right. like trying to keep track of eight hundred other things going on all at once, you know. Right. So in, in- and the the flow of the dialogue, even if you don't understand what the fuck they're saying, like okay, we need a driving Miss Daisy, we needed this, we needed that. We needed, I fucking like, love that shit. Which it, that was all that part was all improvised. It wasn't improvised. It was written on the day, but it wasn't. It wasn't like I watched David, it. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, like Brad Pitt and, and Clooney were just like making up names. While no, the they were. Was see, according to according to Pitt on the commentary, he was. There was a, so there was a point in time in my my adult life after I got the film or after I saw Ben's copy I don't remember but either way because I did go buy my own copy after Ben took his back but where I I was not in a great financial place and my cable got shut off so I couldn't watch TV and it was like that for like two months like there was a long chunk of time where I had no internet no TV and so. I spent a lot of time watching movies and you can only watch the same movies so many fucking times. So I started watching them with like 
and I didn't have a huge collection, not like I do now. And right. so I started watching them like with the commentaries and Pitt said that he literally rattled those off on a take. Well, then there, there is a, uh, a conflict of who told what, because it was, I was, Brad Pitt may have done that, but it sound it, it made it seem like Soderbergh had written all the, like the driving Miss Daisy equals this, or it's a reference to this and the, the fucking blah, blah, blah equals blah, blah, blah. And then I, and I think it could have been a collaborative effort, but a pit is taking credit. And if he's doing, if he's saying that on a DVD commentary with Soderbergh next to him, no, it wasn't. It was, it was him, Damon and Garcia. So Soderbergh okay, wasn't so there. Soderbergh so. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Then, then that's why Brad, Brad Pitt was able to say it. So he, it, here's it's bullshit is all so, I'm saying. Can we can we maybe throw out a a and I know we're we're making this up we're speculating but this could be the compromise right like mm-hmm. Soderbergh could have had a whole list of this equals this equals this and then Pitt just randomly picked five of the ones off the list and didn't necessarily tell Soderbergh which ones he was going to say until they sure. did the take so it could have been a collaborative where yes Soderbergh had this like am I making sense yeah yeah you know? yeah yeah I I I think. I think I think Soderbergh wrote them down and Pitt chose you know pick and chose and 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 I think that's fine. I, I, I right honestly, and if that's if that's what occurred, then there's a little bit of truth in both statements, right? Because Soderbergh didn't know which ones he was going to ramble off and correct. And we're, Soderbergh, we're, we're giving yeah. them both the benefit of the doubt because we want them to be good fucking people, <laughs> yeah, right? Because um, um, honestly, like, because Rusty, 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 so like. I, I've never, and maybe we should do this for an episode sometime because this is just as occurring to me literally as we're sitting here. But like, like maybe top five favorite just movie characters doesn't matter what franchise, what genre, but like just characters. Because if I was to say like for me, he's right up there with with Downey's RDJ or Downey's um, Iron Man, st- uh, Stark specifically. Like mm-hmm. Rusty, Rusty's one of my favorite all time characters. Period. Like that guy is just I. And it it it, it it's gonna sound like a man crushing on Pitt, but I don't think I don't think that's it because I've seen Pitt in other films where I still enjoy him, but I'm not at, like this character. There's something about Rusty that's just like holy fuck, you know. Like that's the guy I'd want to be if I could. Like if, if if I if I had the balls to be a criminal, I'd like to think I'd be like him, you know. If I had the balls to be a criminal, I would want to be Danny Ocean, like Clooney's version. But I think I, I think you and I both need to come to terms that we're both like Linus. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Where we're just like, I'm a criminal. Why are you giving me shit? It's like because you're not a like because it's you guys. Like, yeah. like your name is Linus. You watch the Peanuts. Linus, you know, got a lot of shit. Yeah. You got Sally fucking no no yeah Sally yeah, was left yeah. in her, last in after his fucking weird blanket ass but um no but seriously like I that character is just you know I mean I, from from the minute he hits camera through the end of the franchise is I would agree for Ocean's Eleven I I felt like his his character wasn't as rusty esque in twelve and thirteen. Oh, definitely more thirteen than twelve for sure. Yeah, even though he's kind of like 
half the reason there's a problem in 12, but that's a whole, I mean, it's, you know. Not really. They're all equally to blame. He was fucking a fucking cop, essentially. Well, not at the time. Oh, you're talking about when, yeah, but you know what? Like, here's the thing. Except for the phone theft in 12, and we'll get get back to it, I'm sure, but except for the phone theft, and this is what I love about 12. Like, I, it's why I give 12 more credit than you do. It, it is all of that shit's planned. All of it. E- everything from the minute they hit Amsterdam is planned. All of it. They would, they would have to make a plan where they're constantly covering their asses. That's, that's exactly what they do. It's but exactly. if he didn't fucking, I don't know. Fuck someone who who could be coming after him who has a real fucking vendetta against criminal thieves. I'm just saying, you know, you don't you don't shit where you eat and you don't stick your dick in someone who wants to catch you. But keep in mind, he did that years before even the first heist, before the Bellagio job. That's well before the Bellagio job that that happened. Mm, they don't play it like that in, in twelve. Yeah, they they do. make it seem no, they if, don't. If they make it wa- seem like after no, they make it seem like once. Like when he jumps out the window, it's implied that it's post no job me, no. because he has the hotels. Not there, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Then, then they didn't do a very good job in separating the timelines. Yeah, the, the hotel, he doesn't have the hotels till much much later. Like if you're doing a timeline of of events from Oceans Eleven through Thirteen, forget eight for a minute, right? Uh huh. The jumping out the, the relationship with Izzy or and I Isabella I, right and when he jumps out the window and leaves her is in my opinion in the time in which Danny's in jail for the crime that takes place prior to eleven that we never get the full details on that takes mm. place in that window of time they don't they don't explain that because if says, that's how you took it. Hold on, I I have to look now because I'm pretty sure it says like three years later on the screen. Like it says, like it says at one point during twelve. I'm almost positive. If it does, then it's when when did if 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 the timeline is when the movies were released, then you can assume Ocean's Eleven is 2001 and Ocean's Twelve is 2004. I would say, say. I would. I mean, not not to split hairs with you, but I would say. 2000 and 2003 if i'm being perfectly honest with you about that okay okay but i'm i'm I, it look my point is is it doesn't pre- it doesn't present itself as before the heist the 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 vegas heist or after the vegas heist it, uh, as as coherently as it should as a casual viewer see this is my point the difference between 11 and 12 11, like we said, you could just kick back and enjoy the movie. 12, now you gotta fucking think and shit. You gotta think about when this fucking happened. When did he jump out the window? When did he break up with her? Why is she fucking chasing after him? Um, you know, and see, and, here, here's one of the reasons why I think it's different, right? I know it's gonna sound stupid, but you, and, and to your point, maybe you have to say three and a half years ago. Is what it says. So if if it is on time, it's a six months before the Ocean movie. It's if if it's if it's to the release, it's six months before the Vegas job. When he jumps out the window. When he jumps out the window. Okay. If if you're holding it to that timeline, yeah. I then okay, that makes sense. But then you have to be like, 
huh, when the fuck did the, you know, that's what I'm saying is it, but see, I'm the, not saying an audience is stupid watching no, Ocean's no. 12, but I'm saying there could have been a little bit more. Soderbergh could have given us a little bit more just in case. Right. You know? Well, and, and so I, the other thing, though, is if you look at his tattoo, I know it's dumb, but it, it's the one on his hand. The one on his hand, it kind of goes up his forearm. It's yeah. it's not as defined. It, it's like, you know how tattoos are, you know, some tattoos, especially one of that size, might be like a work in progress. It's sure. not the same tattoo. I don't think it's a product of um, bad continuity. I think it's meant to represent that it's prior. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's that kind of thing. Like, it's not hasn't been completed yet. But my... Okay, that, that being said, if we, if we figured out the timeline, the fact that Rusty is going after a, a cop... And he, he, it just doesn't seem like someone who is so smart, who is a career criminal, who all of his friends and all of his cohorts are criminals, that he would make the mistake of, I don't care how beautiful Catherine Zeta-Jones is. I don't give a shit. He's in Italy. He's in Europe. You're telling me he can't find someone just as beautiful? Well, I mean, at the, same, at the same time, when he meets her, he doesn't know she's a cop. And honestly, I don't know, you know, he doesn't know she's a cop when they meet. She did, she's not one of the people chasing him down. But but presumably he does find out because, like, otherwise he wouldn't have had a fucking plan of, I don't know, maybe running away when she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I know. That was no plan. That was a, okay, I got to get the fuck out of Dodge and he saw a way out. That was no plan of running away. I'm saying there's too many implications in 12, whereas 11 and 13 just flat out straight, like, put it out there. And I'm... I don't want to interpret fucking Rusty's like sex life and why he made a mistake. I just want to enjoy the fucking movies. And I just feel like it, it goes he... against the character himself. Well, and, and look, that's the least of my issues <laughs> with 12, by the way. Like if we're going to talk about why Brad Pitt stuck his dick in fucking Catherine Zeta Jones's character, and then ultimately it backfires on him, but then ultimately it works out because Hey, look! Here's your daddy. Like, fuck you. That like that doesn't. No, that's the least of my issues. Let's go back to eleven. I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> so yeah, eleven. I, I will say this: one of the best villains for this whole fucking franchise is Andy Garcia. I don't I like what they. Give Andy... I don't like what they did with him over the court. You talk about what you don't like what they did with Rusty. I don't like what they did with Benedict at all. I agree. I agree with that. But I'm saying in Ocean's Eleven, if we're looking at the standalone, first, oh, one of the best villains. Oh yeah, he he's 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 fucking scary, but not in it, that it, way that's that's like frightening. You're not frightened, but you know if you cross this dude, you are fucked. You yeah. know what I mean? And he he's a, he's smoldering. He he's like he's that anger where he's like, I don't have to yell because. But, Andy oh, Garcia yeah. yells a lot in his fucking movies. Oh, yeah, and he doesn't raise it. The only time he raises his voice in this entire film that I recall is when he's, uh, when he's leaving the security room and he goes, find out that they hacked it into my system, but he, like, yells it. That's the only time he raises his voice in the entire film. I think he still thinks that he's Pacino's nephew. Like, I still think... <laughs> like, I still think he is still stuck in the mindset of Vincent Corleone. Or Vincent Maybe. Mancini Corleone. Maybe. Not to mention, have you noticed all the Godfather references in the Oceans trilogy? Oh, yeah. Well, not all, maybe not all of them, but I noticed there's quite a few. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. The most obvious is the twins, is the Mormon brothers. Oh, yeah. Virgil and Turk. 
Yeah. Yeah. After Virgil fucking the Turk Salazzo yeah. in Godfather 1, there's, I mean, obviously you get fucking Scott you get Conn. Michael, you get what? Well, you get, you get, you get Sonny's son, you know, kind of, you know. Yeah. You get James Conn and you, or Scott Conn. Yeah. Um, there was also. In the first so, one? And, and you get also James Conn's other kind of son. You get fucking Vincent. You get Andy Garcia, who plays uh, Sonny's uh, illegitimate son. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's also a line of dialogue, I think it's in 13, where Clooney says to Pacino, which is really, which makes it even funnier. He says, what I want, what's most important to me. When he, and that's the fucking line that Pacino says during the dinner scene ah, where right. he, before he shoots right. fucking Salazzo. So the fact that he lifted that Godfather dialogue to Michael Corleone is especially fucking funny to me. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple lifted lines, not just from the Godfather, but in general that we'll talk about in 13, one of which that sure. I, I actually was really proud of. I thought I caught it and then I was reading through the trivia and I was like, fuck. So, you know, well, what is it? You want me to tell? Okay, so... Tell, the, tell me now, because I don't want to forget it. At the end, when this is all the way at the end of the film, like one of the last scenes, mm-hmm. when when it's Linus and Danny and um, Rusty sitting at the airport, and they just finished watching mm-hmm. Terry on Oprah, and then Linus is like, um, well, I got a jet, my, my father's got a frame for me, he's got a part for me, whatever. And they get all they they seem impressed. And as he gets up and he walks away, he turns and he goes, "I'll see you when I see you." Mm-hmm. That is a direct reference to Rounders from the last episode. Oh no shit! And the trivia confirmed it for me. I caught it, and I caught it when we were I I I caught it when we were watch when I was watching Rounders for the when we did the the gambling episode last time, right? Because when Worm and and um, Michael, yeah, split, and and up at the after they get the shit kicked out of each other by uh, by the cops. When Worm throws him the keys, he says, "I'll see you when I see you." And that's when Damon mm-hmm. gets in the car and drives off. It's the same exact line. Well, it turns out, and I didn't know this, so you know, I just thought it, I thought it was Damon kind of throwing a, a, an homage back to his buddy. Norton. It, it also is just a normal saying to say, you know, but you want to see it. it's more specific than that. Okay. Same guy wrote both movies. Oh, no shit. It's the same writer. So. The, do you think he was making a reference or do you uh, think he's just like a well, the, lazy writer? No, the trivia says he specifically threw it in as a, as kind of a throwback. A to re- to yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, that brings up an interesting point. Edward Norton actually would have fit perfectly in the Ocean's films. Well, you know what? I wonder about that. And it's not because I don't like Norton as an actor. We both know we, we both have heard stories about how difficult he is to work with and he can be, you know. But oh, I, he's a prick. Yeah. Right. But the, everything we've ever seen him in, we're both like, he's pretty fucking good in that Yeah, film. Edward Norton but, is pound for pound one of the best actors of his generation. But I... And 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 maybe I'm looking at it from the wrong perspective because the character was written this way. But like you've seen the Italian Job, the remake with yeah. you know, like I think he'd be more like that. He's you know who he would you know who he could have played. The character would have had to been very different. But going back to twelve for a minute, he would have been better in like that Tolora role 
as opposed to being one of Danny's crew. No, I, I, I will, I will amend this. I don't think he should have been part of the crew. Okay. I think he should have been Terry Benedict. Oh, he could have played Benedict, but Garcia fucking kills Garcia it. Garcia fucking kills it. And I, I don't know why this is what it is, but I've been randomly watching a bunch of like Andy Garcia movies I've never seen. Mm. Like he'll just pop up in a fucking movie. Like I think apart from once in high school, and I wasn't even the full movie. It was just like portions of it. I had never seen Stand and Deliver. Okay, neither have I. So it's 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 actually fairly entertaining, but it's got like I don't know. Edward James almost is is performances apparently very spot on <laughs> for sorry. who he. What? What's funny? No, no. I, I've been I've been rewatching How I Met Your Mother, and there's an episode I just watched recently where Barney and um, Ted have an argument about what his name. It's Edward James Olmos or Jacob James Olmos, and I literally just watched that like yesterday. So it's just it's funny. Edward, Edward James Olmos. It what? is, and Bar- but Barney's notorious for fucking shit up like that and being like, "I'm right, goddamn it," you know, like that's his thing. So. Well, fucking Doogie can kiss my ass. So um, he, here's here's where another place I think he would have fit. Honestly, they would have had to rewrite the character, and I get they needed an older character to do what they wanted to with thirteen. But he could have played Willie Bank if they if they made the character younger and it didn't because they needed the whole Shook Sinatra's hand thing, and they needed that connection with Ruben. So that's why it had to be Pinata. Uh, Pinatra Pacino's Pacino's age group. But you know, not all Italians are the same. No, CJ. I get that. I get that. I just, I just started con- combining Sinatra and Pacino for some reason. But the reason they they had to do his age group is to get that that reference. But if they wanted to make that character younger or someone to maybe screwed over a Danny, that could have been that could he could have played Willie Bank easily. I okay, meet me halfway. Edward Norton is Terry Benedict. Andy Garcia is Willie Beck. That I would I'd have zero problem with that as well. That would have worked okay. equally as well. Yeah. Okay. I but um, again, getting back to eleven, I don't like the progression. Terry Benedict is a in eleven is fucking frightening. Like yeah, he's a force to be reckoned with, and he's, yeah. he's scary. And 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 it, it, it there's the great interaction. Scary, scary. Yeah, there's that great interaction between uh, Linus and Rusty when they're in, towards the beginning and they're, you know, he's like, you know, Linus is recalling all the things Terry Benedict does in a day. And they're like, he says, this guy's not, you know, the last guy they caught cheating here, they didn't just put him up for 10 years. They stole, put it, the, the bank took his house and they con- uh, bankrupted his brother-in-law's tractor dealership. You know what I mean? Like, right. And you believe that that character did that. You believe it, yeah. And you believe that he did it simply by doing this, just by snap. It was just a snap of the fingers, and it was done. Like, and and you also believe that he would, he would, and could kill the entire crew. Like he would and, have his connections, and, and nobody and would know up. what the fuck happened. It would be yeah, one of because those there's of a lot of holes in Las Vegas desert. Yeah, yeah, and there'd be eleven of them lined up, right? You know. Yeah. And yet, you still get a little bit of that in 12. At the beginning of 12, you still get a little bit of that in the way that, like, like think about Saul when he goes, when he's, he's in the Hamptons and he go, and they, they bring him back his credit card in pieces. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, we'll just put it as a no, no, your, your, your manager said that your credit cards wouldn't be good tonight. Oh, and he's, I forget who his Ken manager's name is. Jimmy said that, I mean, whatever. 
And he's like, mm-hmm. "No, your manager Terry Benedict." And and that look, that look on Saul's face is like, you know, and he's like, "Oh, uh, Mr. Benedict," you know, with his 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 sense of humor, <laughs> and he just you just see that. Like, if you can make Carl Reiner, which by the scared, way, uh, R.I.P. Carl Reiner. Yeah, uh, he. There was other. It wasn't originally offered to Carl Reiner. It was yeah. also Rickles, according yeah. to both of our research. And I think you and I finally can agree on something. Rickles, as much as we like Rickles, would not have worked as Saul, love- but he would have fucking killed as Ruben. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love Rickles, and 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 I. But I, you're right. I don't. And but then again, you know what? I was thinking about it after we talked about it. He did a great job as um, De Niro's right hand man in Casino. So I mean, I guess, I guess he could <laughs> have done is- it. Also, it would have been super convenient because Rickles, I think, was living in Vegas. I he think so. Yeah, like, I think he. What do you want me to do? You want me to just walk down the street? Oh, fine. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll walk right, down the street yeah. for you. <laughs> right. Um, I I love. Yeah, just, just everything about this movie. I love how he brings the crew. Together. First off, I love when he goes. One of my favorite all time sequences. I can't even call it a scene because it's multi. It's multi scene in my opinion. You're more into the breakdown of what's a scene versus not but that whole sequence when Russie's teaching Topher and Josh Jackson and mm-hmm. I'm forgetting some of their other names right now but he's teaching them all how to play cards sure you know and you know so that whole sequence from when it starts when him and Topher are talking about him incorporating mm-hmm. you know and to your point Rusty says like three words in the entire exchange and still wins the argument <laughs> you know so you're um, talking about when they're sitting down for poker or when they're walking to the game? Walking to the game. And he's like, you okay, should incorporate yeah, yeah. because then I could pay you by check and then this, that, and the third. And and Russie says like four words the entire exchange. Yeah. Um, because he was always eating. He was fucking shoving his face. And actually, became, that's another thing. I didn't see it in any of the research, but it was another one of those things that came up on the, on the, the commentary where like they actually started to make that a bit. Like at first it wasn't planned to be a bit. And then they realized, Hey, let's make it a bit. And it became a I, thing. That actually wasn't the research that I found. On oh, the I IMDb. didn't see it. So, yeah, um, but. and the, okay, here I'll, I'll give you, I'll give, I'll throw another throwback to the Rat Pack one. The first time we see Rusty, he's eating nachos, nachos or yeah, yeah, nachos. And he's looking at something, but we don't see what he's looking at. Right before Topher comes out and sure. you know talks to him, he's apparently looking at a mural of Frank Sinatra. Oh, nice! But Soderbergh decided against it because like we're trying to keep as separate from this as much as possible. But then they relented and be like, "All right, let's fucking put Sinatra in this fucking franchise by having like the code of honor of you shook Sinatra's hand and also playing uh, this town, which in you know is probably my favorite Sinatra song." It's- I I I wholeheartedly agree. It's a, it's an amazing fucking song. I thought you didn't like it for some reason. No, I never said oh, that. Uh, I just didn't like it as fucking much as you. Oh well, fair but enough. It, but yeah. it grows on you for sure. It's definitely it's not what is more classic songs, but it's. it's I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest Elvis fan either. But the one that plays when they fly over the strip at the first time in Eleven is one that I actually really enjoy, and it's probably because I tie it back to the movie. <laughs> well, they specifically chose that song because they didn't want to do Vita Las Vegas, right? Well, yeah, that's and they were too. like, let's let's do an underrated. I mean, I'm I'm not an Elvis fan. Neither am I. You know, but you know, fine, good. You picked a fucking song that's not Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> um, 
there are some other random ass castings that thank fuck they didn't do, like Bruce Willis as Danny Ocean. Yeah, that would not terrible. No, 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 no. That is that is no. That's my answer. Um, Mark Wahlberg as Linus. What? Mark Wahlberg as Linus. Fucking Marky Mark is fucking. I mean, on paper, I see it, but I don't see him fucking playing the same character as Linus. I agree. Like, I agree. Damon Damon pulled that that like goofy, um, not very confident. Like Wahlberg, I can't see Wahlberg playing like not confident. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I can see Wahlberg as Rusty if Brad Pitt didn't exist. You know, I'm just like, the, you know, Pitt's parents didn't fuck that one day. <laughs> there was no Brad Pitt. Sure. And Mark Wahlberg was just yeah, like, Yeah, he, could, he gonna... could do Rusty. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I saw this one today, actually, that I I, I, I don't know if I... It would have been interesting. I Luke and Owen Wilson as the, the Malloy yes. twins. That would have been... I, one hundred percent could could see that happening. I mean, I, uh, I liked Scott Con and and KCF like in the, you know like Casey's kind of become a bit of a shit, but in terms of their performances, they were fine, honestly. Yeah. So I I they acted like real brothers and 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 they used their fucking bickering like brother bickering insanely well, but it also fucks up a lot of shit. Sure. Like, but it actually also plays to the one scene when they get the balloons and they're getting yeah 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 um, they, they use it for their for their own brilliance but they also let it get the best of them I mean that's how that that's how they're uh, they're caught at one point or like like oh it's like it wasn't it was um how did we not notice uh, Talor Talor and see it was just no were, and and we're not getting into the specifics on twelve yet but see I think that was part of it. I don't think that I I I I genuinely think that was all part of it. but I don't think the brothers were in on it I don't no, think they were like no no that's my point is Danny had to know Danny and Ryan and Rusty were like look these fucking Mormon fucks are gonna <laughs> fucking argue right. forever so I, let's make sure we're watching someone watch them bigger. I got I gotta tell you though. The scene in Eleven, where you know, in the beginning, when when Rusty and Danny are putting together the crew, and like they're talking about the different people they could get to do this, right? The montage of who's who, right? And they get to the Malloy twins, and they're in the drag, they're at that drag strip in Utah, and they they do the race, and it looks like you know, uh, t- it, is it? Virgil's going to beat Turk with the the RC car and he just mm-hmm. runs in the next lane and and in that and destroys it and in that laugh that he does is <laughs> it's no no it's not like it's more it's more back of the throat but yeah it's, it's no it starts out high pitch and then it becomes guttural back of the throat sure fair enough and but that whole scene that just brings a smile to my face every fucking time that's it cuz it's it, it, it's so it's so s- simply genius to like all right you're gonna beat me fuck you and just run over the fucking thing and then the pan a, pan the camera back to to Casey just standing there with that dumbfounded look on his face like shit but nothing's ever said you know it's it's that god damn it I'm it, it almost looks like he's gonna be like I'm gonna call mom. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I just, I, yeah. But, but getting back to the sequence at the at the the card game, like that card game, you know, from, you know, some of the things that I, what I, one of the things I love about the franchise, and it happens more in eleven than any of them, is the things that happen that you don't even notice. The right. first time, like you, you don't catch it the first time you watch the movie. It, it takes multiple watchings, like I, from a from a filmography or a photography perspective, shooting, having Brad Pitt sit there with the glass on his temple, like frustrated as fuck with these five idiot actors who don't know how to play cards for their to save their lives, and go mm-hmm. switch right to him at the bar, and it's 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 shot for shot the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then, as he's taking his drink, Danny walks right behind him, and you don't. Oh, I never him. noticed that. Danny walks literally right behind him on part, like, and, I, and that's that's purposefully done. That he just walks mm-hmm. right behind him, and Brad is so, or Ry- Rusty is so like, fuck this, that he no clue that right. that Danny's there. Now, I will be honest with you, as many times I've seen this movie, I finally, for the first time in my life, and you're probably going to allow, you probably knew this, but I didn't, looked up the definition of the term cold decking. Okay. And, because I, I, I really wondered, like, did Danny just fucking bluff the shit out of these people, or did he and Rusty work together to fuck them all over? Mm-hmm. And based on the definition of cold decking, I think he did. I think that's exactly what happened. They worked together to take them down. Not, not. It wasn't like a long con, but once Rusty saw Danny was there and was dealing the, be, they went the right dealing. back in their in their fucking. Exactly. It was like so, finishing a conversation that they were just like you know from five years some, ago. Yeah, that they yeah. started. So yeah, like so it wasn't a lot. Like the the yes, I think Rusty was doing the similar thing every time he dealt the cards, teaching these guys because it, it seemed like the. In a home poker game, and I'm sure you've played in a few of them in your time, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the the dealer changes hands. Like, the dealer changes every hand. Like, it goes... Right. You, yeah. So I think that happened, and when it was Rusty's turn, I think, yes, he did cold deck them. Now, for those that don't know, the basic... There's more to it, but the basic premise of cold decking is, is uh, setting the cards in a very specific way so that you can use it to beat somebody. Like, it, it's setting the cards up, so... Mm-hmm. And and you know if you know enough about sleight of hand, I'm sure there's a way to do it without anyone ever fucking noticing. So, um, that's what I think. Not to mention these guys. And look, do I think Topher and these five actors are that stupid? No, I think they've played that up a little bit in the because they're supposed to be playing themselves. But I also think that they they play up because like look, Topher Grace might have been on that '70s show and whatever, and call it what you want. But like, I think he knows the difference between a heart and a diamond. Even when it comes to poker, like you know, of course, you know. Yeah. So he, when he goes all red and lays down, and it's like three diamonds and two hearts, like he he knows that's not the guy. Topher Grace knows that's not a winning hand. Of course, you know? yeah. So uh, it took me a while to realize because I was not, I didn't really watch that Sony show. Like, the, honestly, I. the only the only Topher Grace like. Uh, role I'd really seen of it was in Spider-Man 3. So I yeah. recognized him in 11. I did not recognize him in 12, but he had a beard on. All that beard and long was, hair. Like, I don't, and the long hair. Yeah. I'm like, I did like the fucking joke where Pitt was like, you went full Frankie Muniz on me. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
You don't have to go Frankie Muniz on me, Dan. Come on. Um. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Ocean's Eleven. Even like I. I'm not one of those people. Like Stephanie doesn't like Julie Roberts. I don't have anything against Julie Roberts. I can find some charm. I can of certain roles. I can take her or leave her. I mean, like I'm not right. I'm like that. I'm not. Yeah. Like I. I enjoy Pretty Woman, but you know, and I and I've. I enjoy the movie Mystic Pizza, but it really has nothing I've to do with her. I've never seen it. It's it's kind of a schmaltzy fucking movie, but it's got some moments. I've seen I've seen three movies she's in that I can think of off the top of my head, excluding the Ocean's films. N- no, so, and I actually forgot about twelve. So four movies, and if you exclude them, then two that I can think okay. of off the top of my head. I've seen Erin uh, Brockovich. She's good in that. And Pretty Woman. Okay. Um. She's good and closer. She's good in Mystic Pizza. She's good in Pretty Woman. Like I've seen a multi. I've seen a. Uh, I'm actually looking a, at her filmography now to see if that's legit. The you know, oh no 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 no. I'm sorry. I've seen the Mexican too. The one with her and. Brad oh yeah yeah yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. she. She's pretty good in that one. I I dig she's her. And, yeah, her character's annoying, but it's supposed to be. So that's not like her fault. Exactly. Like it. Um, but I felt like it was, it was fine casting for her to play Tess. Yeah, I you know you're talking about like scenes of dialogue. I fucking drool at the. It's not a happy scene, but I drool at the scene of Danny and Tess at oh, the restaurant. That's a no. It's another one. That's that's right up there with the cards. The, the cards. That's a. Oh, and actually, I think it's yeah. I it, I it boils down in just a few sentences where it says she's like you are a liar and a thief and he's like i only lied about being a thief and she's like, right and he's like but i don't do that no more and she's like steal lie I'm like no bullshit you're still lying motherfucker right no yeah and some of that some a lot of that is scripted so if i want to be straight here but some of that stuff was also improvised meaning mm-hmm. um like the uh you know Julia and George improvised some that, of it, but right, but like the part was like I'm not. She says that it says something like I'm not laughing, Dan. You know, like well, I'm trying. I'm mm-hmm. blanking on the line, but like where he goes, you know, the, I'm not. He's like I'm not. He's like I'm not joking, Tess. Tess I'm not I'm laughing. Not, like Danny. that part. That right. That part from what I understand was like the I'm joking was scripted, but I think the I'm not laughing was her just like hitting him back, and it worked because I think. My understanding is they gave them some framework and certain points they had to hit, you know, right. for the story. But then they gave them some some leeway there to play around with it too. And and you see George Clooney brilliantly try his character try and go back to like, hey, remember when we were married and we were happy? Where he he says the simplest lines like, "Does he make you laugh?" And he she just shoots cry. right back, yep. "Doesn't make me cry." And look, I think. There are there's an audience for dramatic bickering of a married couple or an ex married couple. Sure. Sometimes you take it too far. Like Marriage Story with fucking Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver is is just a it's just an anxiety inducing fucking movie because you just see them arguing. It's it's just a bad marriage, like Kramer versus Kramer type of shit. But I'm all for a good fucking dialogue that b- boils down the relationship and it's snappy dialogue. And that scene, even when Terry joins them, like the, the whole yep. snapping back and forth where he's just like, so I, he's like, Oh, I know everything goes on my hotels. Like, so I should put those towels back. He's like, no, the, the towels, towels you can, can keep. keep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then even just that, the simplicity. That totally just, impl- it totally implies like, yeah, you can keep the towels because I got her and fuck her. That's yeah, he's exactly always, like stroking her hand yep, and, yep. as he's doing it. Um, it's it's a well crafted scene in my. Uh, it, it really no, I, I I agree. That's that's another one. That's what I'm saying. This movie is really good overall, but there's a, there's some of those scenes like that one, like the cards, like you know, um, I I I think that the I actually think the sequence on top of the elevator between Danny and Rusty or Danny and um, Linus, Linus is it's not as good it's not as on par but it's it's you know if we're ranking scenes it's close there you know what I mean so uh, where he's just like why do you guys not tell me these things like that whole thing where... and Clooney's just got that shit eating grin on his face like he doesn't really say anything little, right. you know I mean, it's one of the rare times, and it would only happen in, like, Damon's early career, where he's kind of a wet noodle. Like, you know, he, you know, ever since he's born, he he just can't really kind of go back to being, like, a wet noodle in a roundabout way. Like, he's just constantly the butt of the jokes. His name is fucking Linus. Like, you don't do yeah. that to a kid. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, even his parents, his parents are, are constantly mothering him and parenting him. and yeah. and. And at the same time, fucking with him all the time. Actually, I like, I like, I liked his mom. I did. I, I liked, liked his mom, mom too. I didn't particularly. I wasn't a big fan of of the characterization of his dad because they keep bringing him up throughout yeah. the films, and then throughout you're kind the of like, yeah. like nothing against that actor, but I'm like, oh man, that that could have been. I actually, like I a actually, cameo. I did like it in the first one where he's like, because he's like. When they first meet at Emmett's pub, when when Danny and Linus first meet at Emmett's pub, and he's mm-hmm. like, because he's because Linus says to him, "You're pretty trusting, pretty fast." And he goes, "Well, you know, uh, oh no, it, well, yeah." And he goes, "Well, fathers are like that." And he looks at Danny, looks at him, and he goes, "Oh, he didn't tell you, yeah. He doesn't want me treading on his name." And then Danny immediately hits him back with, "You pull this job off, he'll be treading on yours." You know, you know. It- I could That's do what, I could do this movie line for I could do this I movie. I, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not uh disputing your your knowledge of the dialogue, but it 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 just doesn't seem like something Danny would fucking overlook that oh yeah, so and so Caldwell recommended Linus Caldwell. I didn't know they were related. Like like you well, know it just Yeah, I mean yeah, I I, I guess or for for someone pre- like Danny Ocean, who knows more or less who he's working with, the presumption is that Linus is maybe using the mother's maiden name. It doesn't because they never actually say Linus Caldwell in the first one. By the end of the franchise, they do. I'm not arguing that fact with you, but in the fr- in the first one, they never say Linus Caldwell. Mm. You, they call him Bobby Caldwell's kid. Which yes implies that his last name is Caldwell. Not arguing that with you at all. But he, I've seen, I know people that use their mother's maiden. You know, they got some kind of, you know, or or even more so, it could be implied that Bobby, the father, was like, use your mother's name so you're not using mine. Like if he's that much of a stay away from, you know what I mean? So right, I get right. your point. You're not wrong. I'm not discrediting your point. But there right. there are ways that could potentially explain that. Without it, you know what I mean? I don't know. It, it just seemed like kind of a, like, Danny's going to, like, recruit this young kid who's never been on a real job. He's right. just a, he's a, he's a talented pickpocket, but that's all he is. He's a talented pickpocket. He's never done a job like Which it this. turns out he's a little more 
talented and it turns out he's it turns out but they didn't know that no 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 no. i'm just no it was just me saying i know they don't know yeah that Um, was honestly that's one of the biggest risks that danny does sure but they were desperate like it almost implies like why the fuck didn't he just ask bobby caldwell i also get the impression that he was closer well because bobby probably already had his cover at the fbi Mm -hmm. by that point you know like that's fair um but my I, it also gives the because you asked about like asking Bobby without getting a whole lot of data on Linus. It it implies to me that there's a serious level of trust between Danny and Bobby that he can just call Bobby Codwall and be like, "I need a I need a guy," right. and he goes, "I know this guy in Chicago, Linus." Doesn't even talk about it being his son, obviously, and says, "You know, okay," and that's and that's an, that's enough for Danny to go, "Okay." I'm going to go get this guy because I trust Bobby that much to right. give me a solid lead. You know, that's fair. That, that, um, that is fair. You want to talk about back and forth too, by the way, like just the back and forth dialogues. I love when, again, when they're going through trying to figure out who's going to be on the crew and they're talking about, but it's right, right before they figure out to, to call Basher. Um, he, they Phil, I think you think his name is Phil Tarantine. And he's like, Phil Tarantine dead. On a job, cancer. Jen Flowers dated his wife for a while, like that. Right, like just one. And, and there, there's, I mean, there's no break. That's yeah. it's it's that type of dialogue through the whole film. There's other parts where it's more common, but like more regular speaking. But there's those moments throughout right. the film where it's like, you know, well, it, what kills me is they're able to have a dialogue without having a dialogue. Oh yeah, like like, like the scene you referenced at the beginning. Right, where, you know, Clooney's just, he just knows Rusty that so well. well. Yeah. And and all all Rusty's doing is just laying there with his head in his, like, shoulders, and his, his shoulders, his arms, and he just has, he just blinks once. He's not even looking at Danny. Danny didn't even no. see him blink. He's staring at the no. back of his head the entire time. Um... But also, not just there, but I mean, like, even later in the film, after Basher's talking about how, like, the, the original plan to blow up and to t- shut the lights down aren't going to work when they're figuring out, before he says, oh, we can use a pinch. Like, right. Danny turns to Rusty and goes, well, we could, and before anything else, Rusty's like, by tomorrow, no way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they never say what that was. It's just, I, you know. I honestly was waiting for Tess to just say, why do you want me back? You have Rusty. <laughs> that's fair like i've moved on i'm with terry now and you clearly have never stopped fucking rusty i i like i said i've not seen her in a bunch of stuff but i gotta tell you in that one sequence when she's in the red i can't even call it a pantsuit because she's wearing a skirt but she's in the red suit coming down the stairs the first time that that you know uh, the uh, best part of matt damon's character's correct. day yeah i'm with yeah. you she looks fantastic fantastic there she does but it's it's hard for me especially now because i've always felt like nancy looked like uma thurman and like a little bit like julie roberts it's the big mouth thing and it's the nose and and so like when my mom was younger she looked a lot like julie roberts but with a lot of uma thrown in so seeing that at 10 years old i'm just like oh my god it looks like my mom that's fair i get yeah i didn't have that so you get where i'm coming from Oh, inter- absolutely. In- I just looked at it very different. I'm like, ew, it's my mom. <laughs> yeah. inter- interesting piece of in- trivia from that. When they were shooting, they had to redo that scene so many times that Brad Pitt ended up eating 40 pieces of shrimp. Yeah. 
And Which, I, I mean, we we talked about this the 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 whole gag. Do you know why he was eating in almost every scene? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I know what you're gonna say anyway. Because he they did one long ass scene where he had he it was an early fucking shoot. And he they they had to keep shooting because of the delays and blah blah blah. So they they filmed right through lunch, mm. and and he just kept commenting like, oh, guys, I'm fucking hungry. Like, can I get like, can I get some nachos? Can I get something? Something, get yeah, anything? yeah, yeah. And he just kept bitching. So Soderbergh was like, fuck it, we'll just have you eat in every goddamn scene. Will that make you happy? Like you you know Brian you was keep working, like, yeah. <laughs> And and ultimately the gag is is that at the very end he fucking gets heartburn and just throws the food away. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I absolutely, they, absolutely love that. I think that's awesome. But they lifted the same type of gag for Ocean's Twelve, which is every scene he's wearing a completely different outfit. I don't think I noticed that actually. Yep. I don't. They, I don't. They, bo- they borrowed it, but... a gag, but it's it's completely different. Yeah, I, I it doesn't have the same impact. I uh, but I also like again talking about dialogue when when Linus and him are talking after Tess walks by, or no, right before she comes down the stairs, and they're talking about Terry, and we referenced what they said. He goes, "You guys suicidal?" He goes, "Only in the morning," mm-hmm. and it's just so matter of fact of just like you know, it, it it's just so weird. Weird in a good way. How well? That's what I'm saying. Listen, these types of movies don't typically get nominated for stuff at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Brad should have gotten a Best Supporting Actor nod for that. Like that's how good he is in that fucking role. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're not sorry. You stick by. It. You look. I, you could stick by your random ass weird opinion. That's fine with me, man. Like, um. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, Bernie Mac was really great in the, fr- I mean, because you don't get Mac much of him great. in 12. I, yeah. But when I was, because when I saw Oceans, I was 10 or 11. So I, I, some, some things just kind of went over my head when I was younger. Sure. I didn't get the whole him strong arming the, the car dealership dude, like him <laughs> just holding on to that hand. Like, it, it's really weird to say, but back then, I thought he I thought Bernie Mac was like making the character uncomfortable by I think almost it was both. being I, I think it was, I think he was being suggestive. I think he was kind of it, it was just a weird thing. I'm like, why why is he holding this guy's hand and like he's like, You have the softest hands? Like you're just like and I'm like, is he fucking strong arming him by like saying like, you know, we should fuck? Like it, it, it's just that it was it now re rewatching it over the years, I'm like, no, no, he's just it's all intimidation, never letting him but, in his hand go right. and squeezing his hand. Getting, but back getting, then, I was just like, you know, it just felt like this almost homoerotic intimidation. Yeah, I guess. Getting getting to the to the performance, though, um, I don't know what it is about it, but there's a face Bernie makes right after he says, so I don't get into the traditional remedies. Like, And I don't know what, I can't describe it. I wish I could. I just recommend you go and watch the scene. But like, he gets this, this this face on it makes me laugh every fucking time mm-hmm. I see it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like uh, his yeah. eyes kind of bug out of his head a little bit, and he's like, "Yeah,", yeah. and it's just I, I don't know. It's I, I like I like the face he makes where he's pretending he has bronchitis. Oh it's yeah, like, <clears throat> like all yeah. hunched up and like whimpering, like, and then like and nobody then big ass grin when he's riding down the street in Vegas. Yeah, yes. yeah. 
I, um, we both said we didn't like him in House Party 3, I think it was, that he was in. and Correct. And I stand by that. I did not like him enough, but I love him in this, you know. Bernie Mac is one of those comedians. Uh, look, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm very sad he's dead. He, Me too. he was definitely, yeah. but like, he's one of the few comedians where I have to watch his set with subtitles because I don't know what the fuck he's saying half the time because his voice was just like, it sounds like he, <laughs> but he does. He doesn't do that in this. I know what you're saying, and I'm not arguing. But he doesn't do that in this. I don't feel like. No, he 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 actually enunciates because you know <laughs> Soderbergh was like, "Hey, man, I wrote the dialogue, or, or you know, we wrote this dialogue specifically so people understand." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking, you know, stop <laughs> pretending that you actually have bronchitis and fucking like say some shit. Let me tell you, this guy's out of there. <laughs> like, oh, it just funny. sounds like a made up voice. Like, I tried watching the Bernie Mac show when I was younger, and it was just, you gotta do these kids. <laughs> like, so, what? Um, the fuck did you say? Um, I, got, I got to ask you a question about Saul, because there's okay. something that I still to this day have not fully understood. Okay. Was Saul at like obviously he doesn't actually die. That's clear, right? But when they're actually running the 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 scam, when it's finally time to run the 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 robbery, like it, it seems like he was setting up the like with the 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 pills or whatever that he was taking because they're not even pills, but like because he, he had one like an point, ulcer, right? He did have an ulcer. He talks about that because you know. Because even Danny's like, can we get, we could get Saul. And he's like, Saul got out of the game. Did he found religion? No, ulcers, you know, and then that moves on. But like, there's even that sequence where he goes to get Saul and you see him stand up and almost kind of fall back. To, like, like I never fully understood, but he actually at some point ill. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's how I interpreted it. I, but he's fine. Like five for minutes. For the rest and, of the fucking movies. And after. And, but I'm saying right after, like, they take him out on the on the stretcher, which is Virgil and Turk, so we, they're taking him back to their place. And you Correct. see him a few minutes later in the suite with um, uh, Livingston mm-hmm. saying, where, you know, where are we? You know, I I have to admit, I was pretty confused by that whole thing, because it's not like he they at the very least they should have just taken out that portion where he's trying to get from the bed and he lo- gets a little dizzy. Yeah. But you can also argue like, well, you know what? Carl Reiner was fucking old. No, I, I yeah, for sure, but I'm it, 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 but it made it seem like he had health problems for sure. Right. And but then again, it was almost like did they set it up with his knowledge so that when the time came, he would appear you know because they have like drugs that can make you appear dead you know what i mean and then they can revive like that's a real thing like they set it up so that when he's in that room watching the briefcase and he's profusely drowning his ass in sweat yeah like it almost yeah i don't know i don't know how someone can fake sweat that but that means but you have to think about it it means going all the way back to the night that they give the con the, the, the Danny sets it up for everybody two weeks prior because he pops one of them things while they're sitting in Ruben's house going over right. what the job's going to be. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I don't understand that to this day. That's the one thing. And I've watched this movie countless times. 
I I looked up not only what you know I'll look up trivia about a movie, but I'll also look up goofs. Sure. Just to see if plot holes make sense and blah blah blah. Right. And and that's one of the biggest ones where they're just like, what is Saul's health? Like, what is this? Is he an old man who has ulcers? Or are they saying, okay, Saul, we know you have ulcers and we know your health's not great because you're, you know, older than God at this point. Mm-hmm. So we need you to kind of amp up your thing. But and we also need you to fake a heart attack. Like, I don't it, it was very confusing. Like, I'm with you. I'm very much with you. Like, it doesn't it doesn't detract from the film in any way, but it's just a thing that's like, what is going on there? It almost it almost feels like in its own way an homage to the original film where a character okay. does have a heart attack and dies. I didn't even think about that, but I'm not as familiar with the film, so that might be yeah. But if you're not as familiar with the film, then you're just confused and and ultimately it it, it you you question the characters being like, "Well, why the fuck th- okay, just just take out the fact that he actually is sick. And then if you're going to if you're going to make Saul have ulcers and he's old and it's hard for him to stand up and blah blah blah, then be could be consistent throughout the films. Like by 13 he should have been dead. Like well, no yeah. disrespect to Carl Reiner, but like the way his right. health was going, he should right. have just dropped. I I well, I mean, I guess the I guess the argument can be made that when you have like, you know, 20 million or 15 million dollars, you can kind of pay to get your health fixed so that could be you know because all you had was an ulcer you know like you didn't have like stage four cancer with all respect anyone that's ever had that it was an ulcer you know so very true but you know it's kind of like getting a fucking a model t and putting fucking like you know a bluetooth speaker inside like you're just you know or a radio i I guess i mean but i mean i mean Whatever. I guess I I just more concerned was confused about what happened. Like again, it's not a big deal that like it was a it it didn't detract from the film. It doesn't ruin the movie in any way. But it, but it's one of the few out of all of this. As much as we're blowing Ocean's Eleven, we're just like <laughs> this is one of those scenes where it just doesn't. Huh? What the fuck? Um. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service, without all the drama. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. Someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sports book app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll free helpline at 1 888 532 3500. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The prices, so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. (gasps) No, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. 
HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Do you want to move on to 12? I'm just trying to see if there's anything else real quick that I do want to mention for 11. But yeah, we're, we're getting to the point. You can always flip-flop back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we th- still have three more fucking movies to talk about. Yeah, and we've been at it for a while. So yeah, I guess the only other thing that I would really want to mention about this one before he moved on is um, the fact that despite being a primary character, Don Cheadle doesn't actually doesn't get a credit in that film. Do you know why? It was his choice, if I recall. It was his choice, but it was it was a begrudging choice. He wanted to be, he wanted his name to be above the title, like Clooney, Pitt. That's what Damon. it was. And when they said no, he said, "Then fuck it, don't give me credit at all." If I exactly recall, exactly right. Yeah, but then yeah. they relented and put it on for twelve and thirteen, or well, yes. at very least twelve. Well, I think thirteen. I think he's there on thirteen. Okay, but they they relented. Yeah. Uh, he he was like, "I'm you have me in." Meanwhile, fucking Affleck and Khan were like, "Whatever, we're just happy to be in a movie." Are you kidding yeah, me? And like, it's it's such a great. Um, think about the ensemble. Think about. I mean, like we we we've talked about like, and I don't want to get into a thing, but like we've talked about bringing the whole cast together for like Avengers: Infinity War and 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 mm-hmm. all that. Bringing all the now that's a ten year arc, so obviously it's a bigger grouping. But sure. like to bring all those actors together, you know, was like whoa. Well, think about that. They did the same thing for a movie that's ha- about half the length. It's it's not exactly half, but you know, comparatively for... speak to Infinity War. It's Infinity War oh, is three oh, hours, yeah, yeah. and this is like two, so it's not half, but it's. I, I misunderstood what you were saying. I thought you were talking about like eleven, and then twelve was half the length. I'm like, what? No, it wasn't. No, 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 no. I'm talking like compared to like the Avengers movies, and still brought a, brought together a cast of the same caliber. I would mm-hmm. say. And pulled this the fuck off. I mean, like we didn't even talk about Elliot Gould, but we, like you said, we've got two more movies. So, like, you well, know. I, I figure we would reserve Elliot Gould for thirteen because it's really his movie, essentially. No, he, it, it, he's yes the creative. Dri- he's the drive he's sort behind of the, Yeah, yeah, that's more what he is because he's not very much in it till you know the be- except the beginning and the end. The the middle's not really him at all. You know, it, but it is definitely his. You know. It's all oh, about yeah. him in a roundabout yeah. way. So. Very much so. Yeah. So I'm not arguing that. But we, we, but... Could, we could talk about Ellie Gould. I, I thought he – Rickles would have killed it. Ellie Gould did a great fucking job. And that line you gave me, like, that's nice. Get in the get goddamn, goddamn house. Ha- yeah, is, is... so – well, and then just like when everybody shows up at the house, would you guys get a group raid or something with the fucking cigar in his mouth the whole time? Like, never moves the cigar, just talks over it, you know? Uh, or even like who who could fucking there's very few people who could convincingly tell Carl Reiner or give Carl Reiner a bunch of shit. Brad Pitt's one, Ellie Gould's the other, and they both Mel do Brooks, it in the same scene. For sure, <laughs> and they both yeah. do it in the same scene, which is pretty awesome too. There's that, one other that portion. They will be here. They will be here. Schmuck. Schmuck. Like yeah, <laughs> I I will say there's one other cinematography. Like photography thing that I want to mention. I love mm. the sequence when they're blowing up the old casino that was Rubens, mm. and everyone turns to look, and they've yep. got they've got Linus following Danny at this point to see if he, what he's doing with Tess. Everybody turns except Danny and Linus, and right. you got to admit that's a pretty badass fucking shot from a visually it's a striking ass shot it it works so well on so many levels um 
And everyone turns in unison, too. Like, if you really watch it, like, everybody that turns, they must have been, like, you know, because there's no sound in that sequence. It's music playing over it. Which, by the way, right. the music in and of itself and all three of them is a character. So The music is, is pretty fucking astounding. Yeah. But, and not just the two, because they only have, like, what, three songs in the entire thing. The rest of it's just, like, music. Like, there's not, like, songs, you know? Well, there's Take My Breath Away in the montage where Ruben is explaining uh, all this, the, the yes. quote-unquote okay, most so there's, successful. There's, yeah, there's more than three. But you get the point is it's not a lot of songs. It's a lot of just, like, overlaying music that plays really well. And in that sequence I'm talking about, so they must have off with the sound off soda i can envision soderberg up on like one of them fucking you know chair lifts that sits high mm -hmm. he's like okay everybody one two three and then they all t like they must have i guarantee you that was not done on one take that had to have been you know unless they unless they hired like one of those like the, those groups that could do like, oh, the like yeah, flash yeah, mobs yeah 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 maybe um, but you know you brought the music uh it's an interesting point because I don't see, I, as far as to my knowledge, I've never seen this acknowledged in the music portion of trivia or anything about Ocean's mm -hmm. Eleven specifically. But the the reoccurring, like I, I kind of call it the Ocean's theme, is yeah. that's from the song Blues in the Night, which okay. was a Sinatra staple, like... My mama done told me when I was in knee pants. Yeah. So, but I've never, I think the misconception is that it's a riff off of Sammy's song EO 11 from the original EO 11. So, but for a real Sinatra aficionado, you can tell it's blues of the night. It's just weird that they they it's a it's a good jingle. It's a very good theme to go. Oh with yeah, the... and, no, absolutely. And, but even throughout, there's just beats like that throughout the films. You know what I mean? Not just right. eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Despite what you might think of the rest of the films, that that there's that consistency with the way the music is. Even in eight, which one of the things I loved about eight is if you, there's two sequences in eight specifically where they actually take music from the first three and play mm -hmm. it again you know what i mean so yeah but they still fucked up that nancy sinatra fucking the, it, it's fine the, the song is fine by itself they add this weird fucked up remix and it, it did not flow well for me but we'll get there when we fucking get there no let's let's 12. argue about 12 okay first off i fucking did not like the cinematography at all in this one it it's is so it is starkly a different yeah, it, it felt like soderbergh was walking around with a fucking camcorder i won't go that far but he he whatever decisions and and choices he made in 11 and ultimately 13 because 13 feels more like a seamless sequel to me than 12 oh even the cast has said ocean's 13 the, the sequel the sequel we should have the one heard. we should have done exactly right, yeah like he does weird long lens zooming on in 12 where it's like like when you zoom on a camera that's fine when you're doing a home fucking movie but when you're trying to make a movie and you're just like uh, pits all the way 100 yards away well we got a fucking and it's not even like one of those slow zoom it's like nope there it is <laughs> where's pit there's pit right there like it just it was such a bizarre 
way of fucking making a movie. And if Soderbergh was testing shit and being like, I'm going to be experimental. I'm going to go art house on my fucking sequel that of a movie that was really fucking successful. Right. Then fucking make an art house movie where you're, you know, because we clearly liked the fucking first one. Don't fuck, it, it, you know, it is the most successful. The first one is the most successful financially of the franchise. I don't blame it. It's fucking really good. And look, there's just, the dialogue is like I'm not saying that Ocean's crew cannot do a thing in Europe. That is one of the most interesting parts of the concept of Ocean's Twelve. Is we're hiding out in Europe. We're gonna fucking rob Monte Carlo. We're gonna fucking go to Rome. We're gonna hang out in Amsterdam. That's cool. I want to see those guys do that. Sure. But the cinematography, the dialogue wasn't as witty and snappy as the first one some of it but not all of it you're right there were there were less there was less con- continuity or consistency with that in in 12 i have to agree with you there but there is some like like one of the one of the ones that jumps out at me is like when they finally find out she's a cop and that rusty knows her mm-hmm. you know and they're all kind of yelling at him He's like, and he lied to us. And then Don Cheadle's like, and to me. And Russ looks at him like, what? Like, why Why are you special? You know, like. Look, I'm not going to say that Ocean's 12 is the worst. Like, if we're doing a ranking, like, which we which we do. And I know yeah. your rankings will be different than mine. Yeah, oh, for sure. But it's got, I think it will be similar enough. And I'm going to include the OG Rat Pack one. Just because okay, I'm going to abstain on that one because I, I, I obvi- yeah. obviously, you, you know, um, it would be 11 from the 2001 Clooney. It would be third clue. Yeah. Clooney uh, one and then 13 and then OG Sinatra. And then I would fucking have like eight and 12 be like fucking 4A and 4B. Like I don't would however I would actually probably give 12 higher ranking than eight because there are some great scenes. Whereas I felt like eight, like it will get there when we fucking get there. I, I, so I'm not saying 12 is the worst, but it's definitely this, like the second worst. I, so you'd be surprised. We're actually closer than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the only thing I, I, you and I would probably flip flop eight and 12. But I'm with you that it's more like so. I'm gonna go one, two, three because I don't have a four because I can't like automatically for me four is the the Rat Pack one for the simple fact that I've just never seen it, so I can't you know. Okay. So if okay, what or no? I mean, I guess five technically. Yeah, but, because yeah. I was like, you're missing one. You know, you're right. I'm sorry, but like so for me, it's like, but it's more like three A, three B for me. Like, like the don't don't I, give me the three A three B. Give me you the, just give me the did titles. that with four. You did four A four B. No, 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 no. I mean, give me the titles out loud. So oh, no, uh, like... see, but I don't. No, it, it it's it's eleven, thirteen, mm-hmm. and then like for me, I think it's eight, twelve. But it's like right there. What? Like it's... wait, 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 wait. So you you're you're saying that twelve is not the best one, but you. It seems like you and I are going to disagree on why 12 is not. I just don't think it's a big. Look, I think it's if I'm ranking the films from the franchise, including eight. And for me, discluding the OG one, you know, I don't 
I ha- if I have to rank them, that's how I have to rank it. But I don't think it's as big of a piece of a flaming piece of shit that you do. That's that's where the difference lies. But if I'm forced to rank them, then that's where I'm going to put it. But I right. just don't think it's as terrible as you do. I don't think eight is as terrible as you do. Okay, well, my opinion on 12, like the good things I liked about 12, I like Talor. And I think Vincent Cassell yeah. uh, casting is, is is pretty, like the dude looks like a fox. Fox oh, is yeah. coded. He does look like a night fox. Like sure. it's, it's pretty. Um, I also believe that if anybody who could look sleazy enough, but also charming enough to go up against Danny Ocean, who's not Andy Garcia, it would be Vincent Cassell. Yeah, I, I can't. Here, here listen, um, we obviously spoil the fuck out of these films anyway. But I'll tell you the th- the thing that the thing that saves Twelve for me, and it might be the thing that you hate about it. I don't know this. I'm guessing, but the thing mm-hmm. that saves Twelve for me is that by the end of the film, and you realize that they've been working with Lamarck for pretty much the whole fucking film. Ever since Terry found them, yeah. N- no, I think I don't think. Lamarck gets involved until after the job where they try to seal the bank, the 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 banknote, the the stock certificate. I don't think Lamarck gets involved until after that, and they mm. and the Night Fox beats them to it. That's when I think Lamarck gets involved, right? Okay. But and I could be wrong. You could be right. It could be further back. But that's where I. That's the point to me where I think he gets involved. And f- once it, it it's made clear to me that Lamarck is the one pulling the strings on this whole thing, letting them do what they have to do, but like giving them like, hey, this is what you need to do to to fool this fucker, meaning to lure, mm-hmm. you know. That's what salvaged it for me. Because then all the stuff that makes you go, what is planned? Like that's it's all it's all part of the job. It's all part of the con, the fucking fool to lore right you know what i mean and so it makes me go okay they're not like they it, they didn't just fall off this badly like they didn't just happen and keep in mind we hadn't had 13 yet right because we don't know so you know it's not okay they just pulled this one job off okay and then it went to shit like you know what i mean like they can I, still do jobs you know i'm not, i'm not my, my criticism has nothing to do with lamarck pulling the strings in fact First off, I have nothing against um, Albert Finney. No, I, Albert I, Finney's I, fine. I, yeah, I I think it was clearly modeled for someone else. I Which, think by the way, that was without. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but anytime, every time you say Albert Finney, we've talked about him in other roles and other things. His names come up all the time. But now that you're back to watching, or you maybe you finished already, you're watching Boy Meets World. Every time you say his name, I actually think Mr. Feeney. I know it's not the same thing. I know it's a different pronunciation, but for whatever reason, go right. ahead. Yeah. Um. Again, I I have nothing against the actor Albert Finney. I actually one of his one of the best portrayals of a younger version, older version of a character is is him and Ewan McGregor in old in Big Fish. Yes. Yes, he's really good in that film. I agree. They yeah. and I, I have not. I, I just it looks kind of like they were planning on making that role like Sean Connery, but Sean, like just as an example, like sure. Sean Connery was unavailable. They're like, well, fuck it, we'll get Albert Finney. I honestly think you know, and it just occurred to me, we should do a Tim Burton deep dive one day. Cause I would, would be, fucking love to. We should do that um, anyway. But anyway, go ahead. I'll tell you who I my suspicions of who the original Lamarck was supposed to be. Okay. Michael Caine. 
That I could see that. I could see that. Based on all the heist movies he did in the sixties, like the Makes Italian sense. job, like it would yeah. Um look, my criticisms like again, I fucking I love um I love the inclusion of Eddie Azard in, yes. in the film. Although in although and we'll get to it, I liked him way better in thirteen than I did in twelve. One hundred percent agree. Um I also I like the random ass little cameo where they reintroduce Basher in twelve. Uh oh, where he He's in the studio and they're bleeping out all the fucks. Do you know who he's talking to? Yeah, it's a guy that plays Moriarty from the from the RDJ Holmes. I can't remember his name, but it's that guy. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly right. It's Jared Harris, and it's like it never really focuses on his face, but you you, you know the hear voice that, that voice, voice is, yeah, that very like nasally Cockney fucking Irish voice, whatever the fuck Jared Harris, you know, because Jared Harris doesn't sound like his dad. Richard Harris is down here. Like, it's, you know, John right. Harris is up here. It's really fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Eric Idle with more nasal, you know? Um, um, I, I thought it was super funny how they were commenting about rap songs having bleeps. Yes. And then as they're talking, they're, they're being bleeped it. out yeah. by a phone. I thought, I thought that was no. a funny gimmick. Was it? I didn't realize... It was a phone. It was a phone ringing. No, that's the sound, but I thought that was just the sound they were using. I don't think it was meant to actually... Was it meant to be an actual phone ringing every time they just happened to say the word? That's they debatable. Say, no one no one fucking answers a phone in that scene. No, and, and sometimes it's too... Like, like a, a, a ringing phone in general has, like, a pattern to it. There's not... like You yeah. know what I mean? And there's times where there's, like, fucks right back to back to back. So I don't know that... No, yes, it's that I, sound, I, but, yeah. I think they specifically chose the phone tone... Because there are bleeping in the background of the rap song. So it's, you know, beep. If yeah, to be something if different, sure. In the beeping, yeah. it would just be like one fucking word every eight seconds. So yeah. I think they had to choose a different tone. But I, look, the, the joke worked, but like it also kind of made me disappointed. I'm like, where the fuck is Jared Harris? I thought he was going to be in this goddamn movie. But he's just some, un, you know, he's just the British dude number two. Like, you know. Mm. I also in, I also really enjoyed the inclusion of Robbie Coltrane. You know, you know, fucking Hagrid is the one who's speaking in code, and Linus fucks it up by doing. Uh, oh, that... uh, oh, the 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 scene with Matsui, the the law yeah. as as his mom calls it, the Lost in Translation. Yeah, because I thought Robbie I, Coltrane. Yeah, I f- no 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 no. I'm not. I just fucking love that scene. That's one it, of those scenes that I love. What's the song? It was like Kashmir. Kashmir. He he Kashmir. quotes Kashmir by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, and I and I love Pitt's reaction. He just walks out, and just takes one look at Linus, goes Kashmir. Really? And, yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> you called it's his you a... called his daughter a whore. She's six. Like <laughs> you know. And she Bobby Coltrane could have also played Lamarck. I'm just saying. Oh, for sure. But but one of the things that just to comment since we're bringing up that scene, like he's like because he's like you called his daughter a dirty whore she's six and then and then um brad starts to tell her she's like sick with something and he's like don't say oh my sorry you know what i mean like it's that more of that shit that i just fucking love but then you also find out it's a goof it's them fucking with oh, linus totally. again yeah 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 um it's look, uh, you know again my my problem is not the cast of this film it's it's the way it was shot and it just felt like it, it felt too com- like one of my all-time favorite parts 
is the test Julia Roberts double. I fucking love that scene. I love the fact that they are criticizing Julia Roberts. I, I hated to the, Julia Roberts. I you know, I, I agree with you there. I hated the Bruce cameo. Like I think they could have pulled that off without the Bruce cameo. Like I feel like that to me, that disrupts the flow of the rest of the movie. And even if you have problems with that movie, that really just like disrupts the flow yes. of the film. I, I feel like they needed a cameo from a star to someone who has worked with Julia Roberts to be like, Julia Roberts doesn't, you know. You know, you know what would have been a like... better cameo? This just occurred to me because we're talking about it. But you know what would have been a better cameo? Richard Gere. Have Richard Gere be the guy yeah, sitting there. Yeah, that yeah, would have yeah, been yeah, a yeah. way I, better you. fucking cameo. But I, I also acknowledge they threw Bruce in there as an homage to the fact that he was originally supposed to be Danny. I get all that, but. And, and there are some great jokes where like, like a fucking valet is telling Bruce, like, I knew it. Just, as soon oh, as the you sat sense down, thing. And, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're ruining the whole thing. And, and even, uh, uh, Damon. Yep. Says, you know, yep. just like one of those little statues. You know what I mean? Right. Bruce. And Bruce is like, no, not really. Which because is funny. He's never won an Oscar. Right. And she had just won one. I think like the year before. Yeah. I uh, looked it up. Two years before. For, two years for before. Rockman. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and Damon won for Goodwill Hunting. Which was way before that, if I recall, though. By five, six years. Five, yeah. six years. Yeah. They got it for 97. So. Right. Right. Um, ben Affleck also is another one who I could have seen in this franchise. Not like it would have been more kind of a loot. Like, would it be too spot on for him to for him and Casey Affleck to play brothers? Nothing, nothing against Scott Kahn, but I don't know. Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck look fucking nothing alike. But then again, me and my brothers don't really look alike, so Which, it kind of works. By the but way, that happens. the sequence towards the beginning when when Terry's going around and kind of round rounding everybody up, and they're at the rehearsal dinner, and and Virgil's like thanking everybody. And just fuck it. Like, I don't, un like, like, I understand they have a contentious brother shit, you know, sibling uh, relationship. But, like, it implies something like. bigger happened that we never get the answer to. That, like. He, maybe he really was pissed off that he was being called Balloon Boy. I, I don't think so no, I, i'm joking oh, but like okay. you're it, it you're right because then that kind of gets all squashed by like 13 right it just felt it felt out of place and, it was very and, out of place yeah i i don't disagree and then like it's funny too is there's no more reference to casey or to virgil's wife he's wearing a wedding ring in 13 but they never reference his wife you know although <laughs> you have to give me this because I, I, I love fucking Andy Garcia's delivery when he's saying that wonderful wedding and honeymoon trip to Epcot Center. Like, the way he delivers that line of just like that, like, really, you're taking her to Epcot Center, you dumb fuck, without ever you, saying it, you know, like, is just... You, the implication is, like, if you're going to steal all my money, take, take her to fucking Paris. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere, you know. That that scene and then the scene with uh, Ruben in the psychic, and he you didn't see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I I love that type of shit too. Every it's like, but actually there there goes even deeper. 
the psychic is pulling out cards. Tarot and cards, I don't remember if yeah. yeah, tarot cards, but the, the, the card specifically that she pulls out, it means something. Spe- I forgot what it was. It's like mm. doom is coming or a reckoning will be served. And it's sure. like basically the plot of the film, essentially. It's for keen eyes and fucking people who fucking know tarot cards and I, shit. And I do, I, you know, one thing, listen, I know you like tiebacks to stuff sometimes, usually, not always. I like but, continuity more, but yeah. Right, well, this is kind of a bit of both, because when, like, for all of them, except Rusty, Terry shows up in person. He shows up at Danny's house, he shows up at that rehearsal dinner, he shows up at the recording, he's in that recording studio in England, you know, mm-hmm. Um, Saul's the other one he doesn't show up for. He doesn't show up at Saul's, or at least if he does, he doesn't ever end up on camera. He might be at that restaurant, but he's never on camera, right? Sure. Um, and but he's in. Linus is in the car with him. He he's there with with uh, Frank, Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other. I think that's everybody. Oh, and Yen. He's he's there and with Yen. Oh, we never there. talked about Yen, but yeah, no, we haven't, but we can. Uh, but he's there with all of those, right? Mm-hmm. Except for, ex- ex- and we're gonna say we're gonna we're just gonna assume for the purpose of my argument that he's there for Saul, although we don't see him on camera. I'll I'll acknowledge. But with Ross, it's 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 really a tie back to the phone call when he's robbing him, and I liked that. I thought that was you know, I don't know. I dug that. I, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. I like. I know that it was a long back. setup. Sorry. <laughs> No, 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 you're fine. Uh, the implication is that he's within distance with binoculars, so he knows when to fucking pull the trigger. Right. No, for sure. And you know, and definitely like, but even, even, even then, like Russ. Well, even though you, even though you can see he's in a panic, like he's he, he's in a panic, and he's running down the stairs and going to his car. Mm-hmm. His voice never. He, he never. It never shows breaks. It. Yeah. No, and and he's like, you know, he's like, he said something like, you know, um. You hung up on me the last time we spoke. Well, you said some really nasty, use some pretty nasty words. Like it's, it's like that. That's why I like this it, character so much, and that's why I think he's still rusty. Like you said, he's not so much him, and that it it falters a little bit, but he still has the essence of rusty. But I also feel like Brad Pitt was in looks and style of acting. He was very deep in Mister and Mrs. Smith because he was filming Mister and Mrs. Smith at the same time. Okay, you you can't help. I mean, they're both. He wears the exact same. Mr. and Mrs. Smith suit, like that that gray suit, short hair, and sunglasses. If you, I've seen that yeah. once, so I can't really. Uh, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is great. Um, I remember not actually liking it very much, but that's a different. Yeah, you know. I didn't like it based on the fact that I'm like, no, you, you fucking were, you know, how dare you treat Jennifer Anderson? Well, this that way. had nothing like, to do with it for me, but okay, fair enough. That, I was very much I'm like, yeah, because I loved Jennifer Aniston when I was younger. And I always kind of felt like at the time, Angelina Jolie was just kind of the sultry, like, woman who like stole Brad Pitt. And, I, and now I'm like, all right, you're all fucking idiots. Just, just fucking. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um, again, a, my my criticism for Twelve is that it feels uh exceptionally longer even though it has more or less the same runtime as 11 and 13, 12 for me drags. It's just like Steph. And it's not just me. Like, and Steph and I don't always have the same opinion on movies. Frequently. 
I will recommend her something. And I'm like, you will love this movie. And she'll be like, that was awful. How dare you show this to me? Like, can I get my fucking four years back from my life? What was this? But she and I are in agreement where we sat down. We're just like, oh, my God, it never it just drags. It's just such a dragging movie. And occasionally there's a good scene that shows up like I chuckled a lot at the the part where they're it shows um, characters wearing a Yankees cap and a Red Sox cap to create a version to fight. Yeah, cool. I, I get it. People in Europe may not understand it, but, you know, it's it's like Manchester and anyone else it's manchester no it's it's man you and man city no joke that's exactly go. what it there is. you go yeah no but but so, here's the, the difference there though is that it wasn't that wasn't meant for whether the europeans get it or not it was just to be able to cause the diversion you know what i mean like whether they got it or not didn't really I, I'm matter saying for anybody who's european who doesn't understand the, the red Sox and the yankees oh, that's well, all yeah, in general oh, okay okay like i don't know like like just as an example, it's not just just not just for Europeans, but like I don't know if Jay knows that Red Sox and Yankees don't like each other. I don't. Yeah, know. I, she may not. You may be right. Yeah. So, for for that joke could be lost. It could just be like, hey, why are we sitting down and and all of a sudden they attack each other because you have a uh, you have a cap on? What the fuck, I don't See, like I your did, cap. It's... I didn't take it as a joke as much as just setting up the fight. And I think it I think it's clear, regardless of whether or not you understand the rivalry, that those two people don't like each other for the reason of the two sports teams. Like I don't think it's a joke as much as just I think it was a throw I think it was a throwing gag for Damon. Personally. I think I think Damon kind of wouldn't surprise me if Damon requested it. And if he did, then good. You know, like Um So like it's twelve just fucking it just feels so much slower like we, we at one point because it was on hbo i it, the hbo max kept fucking freezing on me and giving sure. me an error page which doesn't add it doesn't no, help that doesn't is help. what i mean to say and it, it's not like it's every five minutes but it's every like 20 minutes when you're like into it you're like getting in the groove of the movie and then but like it paused at one point, and I thought at, at, at that point, I'm like, okay, we've got to be an hour into this film right now. 40 minutes. 40 fucking minutes. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is this is taking forever. And then it, it, it just feels like, you know how we've always talked about like, oh, I could watch that movie and I didn't realize three hours went by, mm. like Endgame. Sure. And then you watch a fucking movie like this and you're just like, oh, my God. It must have. It feels like three hours, and you're like, nope, one hour. It's just, it's not a good movie, man. the The flow of it is very jagged. And no, I, I can't the, disagree with that. The flow is not as smooth as as Eleven by a long shot. You know, it's so. choppy ass waters. It's a choppy ocean. Is really what it is. <laughs> it, you know, um, and and they do. I feel like correct that with thirteen. Like I do. They they get they, they get that back. They yeah. absolutely learn their mistake. So do you want to move? I mean, I don't have much more to say. I just don't have as big of a problem with it as you do. You know, so no, yeah, we we, we can move on to thirteen. If you run a business, Bank of Clark County has you covered, offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing. That's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. 
Member FDIC. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. 13 is pretty fucking brilliant. It's not 11, but it's pretty fucking brilliant, you know. I wouldn't call it brilliant. I would definitely say it's uh, it's almost as good as 11, which 11 by itself is brilliant. Like if you give me that. Sure. I'm I I'm not saying your opinion's wrong. You're allowed to fucking no, have You your tell opinion. me my opinion's wrong all the time. But but I actually happen to agree with you more or less on this particular thing. When when you're wrong, I'll tell you you're fucking wrong. <laughs> I ha- you know, there's three years of evidence where I'm yes. like, you're just fucking wrong, buddy. I love you, but no. Three years and 164 recordings that say that. So yes, yeah. Um, um, no, it, it 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 started well. I I I liked I liked the concept of Ruben changing himself. I mean, I I didn't like the Ruben change himself, but I liked that that's but kind of drove what happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, that's one of my fewer criticisms of the character of Ruben. I love the character of Ruben. I'm not even a big Elliot Gould fan, sure. but the few times I've seen him in something, I've enjoyed his work. Right. Um, him having a heart attack or, or whatever it was him just, and also being so depressed that he's just unwilling to fucking live. It, it just doesn't make his all of a sudden rebound of health by reading a bunch of cards. Letters really, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, he, I, well, he, he's been in bed for six months. I want, I don't know if it was six. It was six months. Was it six months? All right. Mm-hmm. I do. I do want to, I do want to, ask you something that kind of touches back on 12 briefly, but it, it connects to what we're talking about, right? Sure. So there's a scene in the end of 12 where Terry gets his money back because the whole premise behind 12, in case we didn't, we really didn't get into it. The whole premise behind, the premise behind 11 was to to rob the three casinos and ultimately, even though you don't know it right away, fuck over Terry Benedict uh, with Tess as well. It's kind of a twofer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 or 12, excuse me, Terry gets told who actually did it, although he always suspected Danny, but now he's confirmed that it was Danny and his crew of people. And he comes after him to get his money, get the money back. You know, despite the fact that the insurance company basically reimbursed him everything anyway, he just wants to, you know, he's Terry. It's the principal. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's the principal. Plus a Vic. What's that? Plus the, the, uh, the Vic, you know, the, or the, um, an added fucking thing. Like it's not just 180 million. You also owe me the this. interest. Oh, the interest. Yeah. 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 
But at the end, so at the end, they do end up paying Terry back because of they have this bet with Talor and they win. You know, long. You know, by the way, not going to where I was gonna go, but how the hell did he know where they kept the paintings? Like that was something I was curious about. It was all like the thing that like. Okay, all kidding aside, that was pretty impressive. How'd you know that? And he's like, I've already told you one story for the night. So I'm not, you know, and they, so they never really get into did that. You, did you notice, just, just for one second, did you sure. notice when that when they stole certain paintings, it 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 was a this? No. Yeah. Was it? I, you, I'll have to look, look at that at again. The, if you look at them again, they stole very specific paintings. Yes. So it looked like a middle finger just I, right in. I, I did not, but it does not stun me. Anyway, yeah. the 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 thing that I wanted to point out though was um, there's two things that I want to point out. One is about the the story, and one is just a fun thing I wanted to get your opinion on that I forgot to ask you about. Um, at the end, one because they don't all meet Terry to give him the money back. They send Ruben mm-hmm. to give him the money back, and he's sitting in Terry's office, and he hands him a check, and he says, "Is the check good?" He goes, "Of course it's good." And again, he, and and something to the effect of, "If you try this again, you know." I'll know where to find you or something to that extent. And Ruben goes, and Ruben says, you know, I can't promise you nothing will ever, no one ever try to steal from you again, but if it ever does, I can promise you we won't be involved. And then it pans over his shoulder and Talor's in the garden gardening. Now it's, it's to my assumption that at that point, Terry's never met Talor. I know they had the conversation earlier in the film, but they had not actually met yet. Mm-hmm. My question is, is it from that point on through the sequence in 13 that they are planning to work together? They don't know when because they don't know when they're going to do something again, but they, they are working or at least I would... in communication so that when the time comes, Terry can call him and be like, hey, Talor, it's time. Let's go get these fuckers. You know, I would in see, you know how you and I have like, we kind of have this love hate for like having to figure out embellish scenes that don't exist. Yeah. Um, I think Talor was casing Benedict and he stole something and Terry caught him. And that's why Talor is in Terry's debt. Oh, see, I didn't see it as debt. I saw it as a partnership personally. Mm, I don't think Terry partners with anybody. Even well, begrudgingly, he joins the team, but he's like, you know, no one's really happy of the situation. Right, right. I wouldn't uh, even really consider him part of the team. No, neither would I. Neither would I. But um, you have to because of 13, you know, the right. the implication is they always add one more motherfucker, you know? Yeah, I, I will. Well, yeah, but so you could argue that Pacino is a 13 if you really wanted, I think. Pacino's not part of the crew. He's the he's the mark. No, but if you're just adding to the number for the f- purpose of the film, like you know, anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to ask you about, or just get your opinion on, I'd love uh, just to, and because we, I know we technically finished off twelve, but the scene at the end where they're all playing poker in like a, like a private room and the, they got like the three tables, I fucking love that. And honestly, we've talked about coming to America. Coming to America, meaning the the sequel, the sequel, yeah. like how you always said it, and I didn't disagree with you that it seemed like just like a, a giant party, bring everyone together. Like honestly, I I feel like Soderbergh said, "All right, everyone, get into the room, be in character, but just do whatever, have have fun, yeah, right." And shot and shot the thing. That's honestly what I think happened. I just want to know what you thought of that. 
I think I think these guys know each other. These guys and girls, excuse sure. me, well, uh, know each other. She's the only so well. Yeah, there's only one girl in the entire room, but sure. But you know, I'm not going to be exclusive. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be exclusive. Um, they are. I think they know their their quirks and and what makes them, and they know each other behind the scenes. Like, right example, Clooney is a notorious prankster. Yes, I've I've read about some of them when I was doing the research. Did you like the the Tolor fucking with Danny Ocean where he Oh the wake up gives, call. I meant to talk to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's because they would do that to Julia Roberts. Yeah, no, I saw that. And I do love that interaction between him and Rusty. He's like uh, How many specials oh. did you have? No, no, not even that, but just where he's like, Oh. Oh, 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 he's just mean. He's just mean. And then they're yeah. sitting there, and then he pours the wine and completely fucking misses the glass. Uh, I, actually yeah, read, I, I actually read something about that. I don't know if it's true, because it wasn't in the IMDb trivia, but I read that it, that was actually a fuck-up. He was supposed mm-hmm. to pour it, and he missed. And Soderbergh liked it so much as a bit, they just kept it. The implication is that they're already drunk enough or fuck it. Or it's like, we're so mad that we're up at five in the morning watching yeah, Oprah. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not watching Oprah now. And they're watching Happy Days in French or Italian. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because right. he says to him, the guy doing Potsy is amazing. Like, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> that sound that that felt improvised. No, that I'm pretty sure that whole sequence was. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I I yeah. think almost here here's like a, a a serious joke. You know what I'm saying? Like where sure. I'm like I could be serious, but I could be joking. Like I don't know. It can go either way. I think they fucking filmed a lot of Lake Como because they're just like Clooney's like, well, I live at Lake Como. Yeah. Like I'll fucking put up everybody. Like not a problem. Fuck yeah, hotels. We'll just, like, just hang out here. Yeah. Um, but he tell tells a story about how he and the and and the the cast specifically Cheadle, Brad Pitt. Matt Damon, I guess Con and Affleck were invited, and fucking whoever plays Livingston, fuck that guy. Whatever, you know. It yeah, was why just did like they the, make him a stand-up comedian? By the way, like that—that that was so out of left field. See, really that's my was. point: is that a lot of the jokes just don't hit. But, but the joke where Andy Garcia says he's like, where he's like, "Thank you for letting me finish." He's like, "You're a funny man." What can it's I just tell like, you? You're a funny guy. Yeah, like. But uh, they were all hanging out at Clooney's house in Como, his villa, and they saw this across the lake, another old, I mean, everything's old in Italy, but like an old ass mansion that had become derelict. And they were like making up like, like haunted stories of that (laughs) village. Like, oh, it was, and, and they had, there was an Italian friend of Clooney's who was with them. And he was like, oh, no, the that's the Lord of the, uh, you know, this man used to uh, kill his, you know, kill people and hide them in the floorboards. And, you know, a very, very famous legend. And they're all trying to scare each other. So Clooney said, all right, Pitt, Damon, you guys and, and fucking you, uh, uh, Cheadle, you take fucking Roberto over here and I want you to fucking go across and I will pay you if you guys can spend the night there. Without fucking freaking out. And they brought like a ladder on this boat and they like rowed or speedboat across the lake. And he said that he, he's he's watching with binoculars and he sees them running back and forth. Like you see a little candle. You're, you're allowed a bottle of wine, a, bo- a book of matches and a, and a couple candles, but that's it. 
And so he's watching, he sees in the fucking windows, like this candle just going back. And then all of a sudden they're just running back from their way because as soon as apparently they walked into a room and they found this giant statue in the fucking room where it was like a snake eating itself or eating a victim or some shit. And they all, they called them and they're just like, fuck this. Get us the <laughs> hell out of here. And Clutie sent, like, Clutie went over and, like, got them. And they were all like, fuck that, dude. Like, fuck the money. Fuck all this bullshit. Like, we're trying to make a sequel to our shit. And we are terrified. Like, they lasted, like, like 10 minutes. That's funny. Yeah. Um, see, that's my favorite thing of Ocean's 12, is that story behind the scenes. Behind the scenes story, yeah. Um, fuck the yeah. movie. That, that, I want to whole. I want to see that happen on screen right uh but the 13 so 13 now back to you know it we 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 said this earlier the 13 works for a multitude of reasons because it feels like a true sequel it's mm -hmm. personal and you are invested in the characters you want willie bank to fucking suffer yes you know? and you also get that witty dialogue too throughout the whole film that you get from 11 that it's kind of missing in 12 a little bit that's what yeah, I, yeah. Uh, 13 is definitely the true sequel it's you know it's it's the you know how like the concept of maybe there's an older brother and the youngest can bond randomly and then mm -hmm. the middle child gets kind of like Fuck hey what about me yeah 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 and then eight is the fucking adopted like oh yeah there's, the there's long, nothing long wrong fucking there's nothing wrong with adopted kids all right fuck off I thought um, I didn't mean it like that. You know me better than that. Okay, it's the one that was like born out of. Oh God, I'm just gonna offend anybody at this. Yeah, point. you are. Um, it's the fucking one with cerebral. <laughs> no, that doesn't work either. Shit. No, shit. Um, no, but like, like one of the one of the dialogue moments that sticks out for me. I mean, there's a couple. There's a bunch, but the one that really sticks, that's coming to my memory right away is when they're doing the exit strategy. Actually, exited pulling the exit strategy, and they're mm -hmm. like, "Shut her down, fellas." And she is shut down, not joking. So it sound like I'm laughing. I'm joking, sweetheart. Like that that whole sequence is just Yeah. You know. And and visually it works very well too. It feels like whatever Soderbergh was testing the waters with in twelve, he was like, All right, let's never fucking do that again. <laughs> right. Uh like even just the the image of Willie Bank confronting Danny Ocean after everything's been stolen and, and you know, his casino is fucked. And he mm. says, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's threatening him. His, the whole thing is shot in him in red. He's yep. in the red. He's in the yep. negative. He's, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice yeah. metaphor yeah. and a visual fucking aid for what his situation is. It also makes him look like the fucking devil, yep. but that's a whole other movie. Yeah. yeah um, it is. And you, you laugh at yourself and we're like, Willie Banks, like screw Sinatra's hand. It's like, First off, fuck you. Who do you think you are, Stephanie? How dare you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's, there's, I mean, you know, Danny gets his swagger back in this one. Like he, he, he lost that swagger, and he, he gets it back in this one. Like when he confronts Willie, you know, even Rusty gets his swagger back a little bit too. Because when the group's mm -hmm. talking after they they were standing around Ruben's bed, they're they're down clearly and like the parking garage and discussing about what they're going to do, you know, like what, what are we going to do to, to, to rectify this? What, what Willie did, you know, right. and Scott Kahn, uh, the Turk, I think that's, Tur I always get Virgil and Turk confused. So my apologies if I got it backwards, but I think it's Turk. Um, Turk, yeah. 
Turk says, you know, um, I I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get close, and I don't care if it gets messy. And Virgil's like, I'll drive you. And someone else said something else. And Russ is like, all valid ideas. Mm-hmm. But we have to do what's best for Ruben, you know? I think and, there was, uh, one of the characters says, I'll dig the grave. Yeah. It was Livingston. Yeah. It was Livingston. It's like, I'll dig the grave. I'm like, you, motherfucker? Yeah, right. But they, they get through the whole thing, and he's like, we have to give him. You know, and then there's like we have to give him a chance, and they're like a Billy Martin. He, you know, that's for a guy who. And then Cheeto's like, well, that's only for a guy that understands the rules. And Bank broke the rules, so he doesn't get the chance. And then Bernie gives the most Bernie Mac Frank gives the most poignant line in that whole sequence. He goes, but for Ruben, we give him the chance. You know, right? And then you get Danny up in the up in the in the in the building with him. You know, and he's like, so uh, it's a Billy Martin. I pass. Danny mm-hmm. keeps his cool the entire time, just quietly puts the helmet down and walks off. And you're like, you are fucked, dude. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. You are so fucked and you don't even know it. It's you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, the whole, I was telling stuff this, I'm like, you know, in a roundabout way, each one of these films, with the exception of like the OG, Rat Pack one. Sure. They're kind of in their own way revenge movies. Oh yeah. All all of them except twelve, maybe. It's hard to say. Well, it's a revenge film, but it's for, on It's for revenge on, for for Benedict, not Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I mean. It's not just okay. the fucking the protagonist. Sure. Um eleven is like I'm saying they're all revenge films, but some are way more than others. Yeah, and oh, some for are less sure. than others. Um 13 is is definitely the most revengey one but they they have this weird code of honor where they're like we'll give you this we'll give you an out you just fucking yep. do right by uh by Elliot Gould and all is forgiven you know we'll we'll still fucking never go to your casino if we go we're going to cheat cuz fuck you we're going to fuck you over yeah but but like yeah. we're we're doing we're giving you a courtesy which is also the implication is that uh, they respect Willie Bank in in the grand scheme of things. He did shake Sinatra's hand. There is that code of conduct. Like you respect someone who respects who who shook Sinatra's hand, which is you know you look you know I'm I enjoy that whole fucking sure. thing, but it's sure. like it's it, it's it also kind of comes out of complete left field. But like we're gonna distance ourselves as much as possible from the Rat Pack film and Sinatra. But all right, we're gonna really shove this one in everyone's fucking face. But well, I think by that point they just doubled back. They were like, you know what? Now we know it's our last one with this group. You know what I mean? So let's let's not remake the movie, but let's certainly give the love words deserved. Do you know what I mean? Right. And that's and that's why you get the shake Sinatra's hand. That's why you get this town. You know, you get right. those things. So, um, I think that's also I, the director's. I think it's also honestly like when there, there's that scene where, where uh, Rusty and Danny are walking down the street, like still trying to figure something, some stuff out, and they're like, you know, town's changed. You know, I remember when the Dunes was there, and the like, and I didn't look it up, but I'm guessing those are casinos that the the Rat Pack were like featured at. Some of the the um, ones that they're was, listing, you know. The Sands was for sure one of them. It was the Sands. I think it was. I don't know. It's it's been. But I'm just I, saying, I, like that that wouldn't stun me if that was another thing that they did to kind of show love to the to the pack without you know. 
Well, listen, I know there's there's enough casinos on the strip, but I would also argue there's not there's not as many as like people might think. Like oh, I there's would... I'd say there's twenty to twenty five. Well, that's more or less what I would imagine. I, I was gonna range about fifteen to twenty, but okay, you would know better than me because I've only seen visual. You know, I've never been there. Yeah, and I've 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 literally walked from one end to the other. But then again, you got the old strip too. See, the old right. strip is known as Piedmont Street. Now that's mm-hmm. that's you know, but back then that was the strip, and that's got its own set of another five to ten casinos. Now I don't know what it was back in its heyday, but but my 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 reason for bringing it up is like during the whole robbery of Benedict, there's no implication of of Willie. Of Willie Banks or his oh, casinos. No. Willie's not even whatsoever. a thing. No, yeah. Well, that's that's a thing, though. Like, that's a major difference between eleven and thirteen. And one of the few problems I had with thirteen, honestly, and and I use the word problem as loosely as I can say it, Rico. I need to understand that. Like, it's not really a problem, but like. The Bellagio is a real place. I've been to the Bellagio. I've gambled at the Bellagio. Mm-hmm. I lost at the Bellagio. <laughs> you know, whereas the bank or the Midas or whatever, that structure doesn't exist in Vegas to this day. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's that's not there. Like, I, I would have preferred it if, if, if Willie had like bought the Luxor and remodeled it or the stratosphere or something, you know what I mean? Like sure. one of the Mandalay Bay, something and, 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 and redid it, you know, the Trump Taj Mahal. Well, that's in Atlantic city. He didn't have one out there, but yeah, you know what I mean? though. Yeah. Like it's something, something where it was still a real place. Like, and, and to that same point, and I meant to bring this up when we were talking about 11. This will take like 10 seconds, but you know that montage scene when they first get to Vegas and it's just like a street level view of the, the Bellagio and it's people walking back and forth at high speed? Yes. I actually have, before I ever saw, no, after I saw the movie, but not by design, like I didn't say I'm going to go hunt that spot down. Mm-hmm. I actually stayed at the hotel that's literally right behind that view. At the time, it was called the Aladdin. Now it's Planet Hollywood. But uh-huh. at the time, it was the and I so I, when I came when you come out of that casino onto the strip, that's the view. Right. Like it's it's almost I could almost theorize that the the Soderbergh and the crew were staying at that hotel and said, okay, we need a street shot, and just went out the front door and. And put the camera down and then filmed it. Like it's you know, mm-hmm. it's possible. But I've I've seen that view. It's a it, it was. I remember. I'm pretty sure I saw it after I was to Vegas though. For some reason, because yeah, because well, I went. You keep, I went in 22. I think anyway. To that, God, you were saying. Well, you keep you keep bringing up uh, like the the fact that it's filmed at the, the Bellagio, and yeah. then there's the Bellagio Fountain. Right. Do you know where Lake Como is? That's Italy. Yeah, Bellagio, Italy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a nice tie that two and thir- 13 and 12, or 12 and 11, but, you know. 11, 12, and 13, it all ties in together. Well, how's 13 tie into it? It's not at the Bellagio, except for the fact that it's... they talked to Danny, or to Terry. But the All right, fair yeah. enough. You know, so. Um, I, I uh, did you, did you get like a, it's it's very small, but did you get a minor Trumpy vibe from Willie Bank? 
no. I mean, it just no. no. I mean, I was looking at it. I'm like looking at his skin. His skin had that kind of orange hue. It wasn't like a natural tan. It was like a um, fake tan. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not saying because their their appearances are completely different. Yeah, yeah they don't yeah. talk the same. Mm-mm. But I'm like, huh, a fucking casino order, uh, casino owner who has no loyalty to anybody except himself, who also has fucking orangey skin. It 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 just for a brief second, I'm like, that could be a veiled. I I think that's just based on what we've been through for the last like six years, you know, in real life, real time. But I I I see I see where you get it, but no, I don't I don't think that that's what that is. No. Well, also the naming of the casino after himself. I mean, I I could be reaching, but it it very well could be the the you know the uh, the trauma. Of, well, of that's what I'm bullshit. saying. Yeah, I, I think that's you know. But, I could, it, but you can't help but see my point. No, I, I I don't I don't not see your point. But I you asked me if I thought that at least the way I got your question was that I feel like that was intentional. No, I don't think that's an intentional. You know, let's have this represent Donald Trump. You know, even right. in a slight. I don't. Uh, I I do see I do see how you you get there, but I don't I don't think that's what it is. Um. When I first saw 13, I was not a fan of Ellen Barkin or her character. I, yeah, I, I, I still don't know how I feel about Abigail Spondar. Yeah. It's, I just feel like she fell out of place in the cast. Yeah. I mean, she, Um, she definitely put forth, uh, to, to, to Ellen's credit, I think she put forth a fine performance, but the character felt very out of place. Yeah. I I also feel like they were trying. I mean, I think they were pushing her to be in the film because she and Pacino had worked in a movie together. Okay. Uh, but I yeah. I also don't like how they kind of just boiled her character down to just being a horny ass milf or a horny cougar. A cougar, yeah. And, um, and she was there specifically just to have big cleavage and 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 because her her character is treated like shit throughout the whole fucking movie by Willie Bank. But I think that's Willie. That's just Willie. You know what I mean? Like right, but but even, you know, I'm just saying. It, it just felt like I didn't really like her performance, and they just kind of made her this one hit joke type of character. I don't know. I just I almost wish they would have gone like Michelle Pfeiffer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but then there would have been too many references to Casino. I think. Oh, you, you, you mean Scarface? No, she's not in Casino. Oh no, I'm thinking. Yeah, sorry. Although Sharon Stone could have worked too. Yeah, I, I, I I don't know. I or like Annette Bening or something that might have been played better. Yeah, Annette Bening also, you know, is is connected to Bugsy, which was a whole movie about the making of Las Vegas. The difference though is, if you had Annette Bening, she would have been fine. Except I think you, and this is not a a reflection on her sexiness, but I don't know that the the sequence with with Linus at the end would have been as powerful or not powerful, but it would have had the same feel to it that it did with with Ellen when they're in the diamond room. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, ultimately it wouldn't matter because he was, you know, they, they kind of how do, you, how do I explain this? They kind of gave her a a nasal roofie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just. I, it just, that's one of the few parts where, I don't know. I just, I just don't know how I feel about it. It, It's nothing against Ellen uh, Barkin, 
Yeah, it, it, was, it was shoehorned in, and it was shoehorned in specifically because they needed they need to to pull to pull the story off the way it's written. You needed that cougar type character. You needed that. You know what I mean to pull that off. So, I've also heard a little bit about Ellen Barkin in the past, and I don't know if I particularly like. I don't know how I feel about her as a person. I haven't heard, but you've heard probably. But I don't know. I don't. I really don't want to get into it. I guess. Um. But look, I, I like 13. There's one fucking thing where I'm like the the uh, casino reviewer. The oh, one the, who gets all the, the shit that happens to him. Yeah, the 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 five diamond, uh, the five diamond, which, by the way, the five diamond award is a real thing. It's, it's a real thing. But I don't I don't think they do. Oh, I don't think they actually do give out diamonds. No, I don't think they I... actually do that part. But the but the actual review and getting getting the award of saying you're a five diamond thing is real it's like the michelin stars for restaurant it's the same thing there's just but I right. Don't, you're right i don't think they actually give you like a diamond necklace for winning right. it you know but yeah um yeah but what they do to him yeah but god i mean they they give him a spoiler again spoilers they sure. give him 11 million dollars at the which obviously it's 11 million dollars yeah because 11 right um but like actually they it, make a joke about it he's like would you do that for $10 million? No, nah, I wouldn't do it for 10. I'd do it for 11. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but like they fucked this guy up so much that he still has like bug bites all over his face or hives. Or I think it's a rash or hives. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Like that. It, it's still going on. Like, it's not like it's just went away. Like it, well, they, even like, say, these... they even say it's they keep make sure you stay away. He's probably still. And it's it, it, the the implication is just contagious of some capacity, right? So it's it's really fucking fucked up. They did this to the guy. Like I don't give a fuck how much money they gave him. It's like he could be scarred for the rest of his life, physically, physically scarred. Well, you, I mean, you've seen acne scar. It's like you know, look at Bill Murray. Well, that's like that's like the scene from that's that goes back to the scene I was just referencing. He's like. You know, because because the Turks like it's a little unfair what we're doing to the guy, you know, and Saul's like, well, there's, you know, casualties of war, you know. Yeah. And he he goes, Uh, he he does get to Susan B. Anthony at the end. He goes, yeah, but is it is it worth it? And he goes, does he have to know why, you know, or it's it's something about does he have to know, you know, like about how it's rigged? And he's like, well, does he have to know why he has to why he wanted to enjoy it? Like, you know. I, I had to look up the Susan B. Anthony code word. I kind of had a feeling what it that was. One I, I that one I know. That one I know. Yeah. It's a coin. It, she used to be on the, the dollar coin, I think it was. Or it was yeah, it was, yeah, it was a dollar coin, yeah. I, you know, he just, he just, I, I don't know. I think, I think he gets, I think he, you know, let him, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think he's as lifetime damaged as you do, you know? I, I don't know. I, I, I had a girlfriend her mom had like it wasn't bug bites but it was like it was a combination of shingles with like stress induced uh hives yeah and it fucked up her face like it all went away but oh, you sure. could see the leftovers yeah was, yeah yeah it was it was like okay yeah you have 11 you have a million dollars you have 11 million dollars you're going to use like a good chunk of it to fix your face now yeah i mean I don't. I, I. I still. I. I. I do dig this. Like I, I. I. First off, them running the whole thing down with um, 
Roman mm-hmm. in the beginning is pure dialogue, fucking drool inducing. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eddie, Eddie is her. God bless you. You know, if you wanted to do, you know, you needed to do your, your change and be who you are, then we, we both support the fuck out of that. Right. But I will miss that, that Eddie Izzard, you know, that version of Eddie, you know what I mean? Like, I know he's playing a character, but to the best of my knowledge, I don't think just for a segue, I don't think Eddie Izzard is doing anything physically. Oh, it's like, like surgical. Yeah, I, to the best of my knowledge, but I definitely could be wrong. I and I don't know enough of the situation, but I also nor know do they... I. And 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 so if I'm wrong, then okay, so be it. But if I'm not wrong, either way, the point is we support whatever whatever he's he she and, and, and I yeah, don't we even... use the pronoun he and she because we we've we, heard to the best to the best of our knowledge, he is fine with all the pronouns, even though I think he prefers she that. They or them? Oh, is it they? These they them? Okay, so they are good. Like he, you know, we yeah. we we enjoy the performance and the performance in this film. You know what I mean? He he I, goes I from yeah. he goes from lackey to like really like his character. The character takes a step up in a very it's serious integral. kind of way. Not only that, but it takes a step up. Like he, he just builds that that holograph, the Fabergé egg holograph in twelve. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, it's like our, he's almost a Godfather. You talk about Godfather references. It's almost a Godfather esque like role. You know, at least at the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I I I just dig that whole thing of running the whole the whole. You know. Dude, I fucking love the line where he's just like, you know, it's my old, you know, school, you know, mate, Greco. Yeah. And and Pitt's just like, Roman? Greco? Roman? Yeah, obviously, he's you never like, spent you... time in a British boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. I also um, like, in that same sequence, when they're talking about how to disable the Greco, and he's like, well, we could just cut the power off. Oh, yeah, we just better yet, we'll just kick the plug out of the socket. Like, you know, like yeah. that. Who I, who better to fucking have like uh, smart alecky dialogue than Eddie Izzard? You know, yeah, who no, can do it in sure. multiple languages for no, you know, just to really rub it in your fucking face. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one. I, I was more confused, and I kind of was like, didn't see the how it all worked out. Where Livingston, like, it, it's like Livingston and and uh, Roman work together. Because Livingston is fucking up trying to, like, create devices that'll help them cheat and rig the system, like the dice and the right. fucking cards. Well, no, Livingston's these... only doing the, the well, card. Blackjack. Yeah. So, and then, but the implication is never once do they let Danny and Rusty and everyone know. And the implication is that no one of the of the 11 crew knows. So, when uh, when Livingston gets arrested... Which was planned by him and Roman. Danny was and the it, was, crew was that in, freaking out. Wait, was that? See, I I took it as that was. I took it as it was that they were in on that. Nope, because they said like what what they were they were kind of mildly freaking out, but none of them were saying okay, guys, this is the, we expected this. See, I thought that was all for Benedict. And see, to me, because Benedict said he was looking in on the whole operation, so to me, that was all for Benedict's Based benefit. On what, like. 
I was confused by it, and based on what I looked it up, okay, I was like, because I was like, I want someone to fucking explain this to me because I'm a little confused of it. It's it's regarded as a plot hole in IMDb. I'm, I'll try and find it again uh, because this person uh, elaborated the, on it under the goofs or the trivia. Because I'm under, on it's IMDb. Under goofs. Okay, I'll go look because I'm on IMDb now. So, but anyway, while you're while you're keep talking, I'll look it up. Um, I I that's one of the few parts where I'm like, uh, this is kind of confusing, which is why I kind of like don't reserve the 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 term for uh, of it as being brilliant is sort of my whole thing. Um, okay. I actually, okay. I actually, uh, so I've seen it's, it's, it's both incorrectly regarded as goofs. I'll read this portion. Sure. Livingston getting busted by the FBI, quote unquote FBI was not planned by the crew. Livingston specifically requested this be kept secret from the rest of the crew. When he is arrested, Willie bake decides to test his fingerprints for known associates. The crew is surprised and basher is forced to impersonate an, a stuntman right. to distract Bank. If the bust was planned, the crew should have planned for Bank to test the fingerprints, or they should have used gloves when handling the equipment. Livingston had secretly enlisted the help of Roman and Agent Caldwell, but it just seemed like an unnecessary thing to do. Which, by the way, um, I don't know if it's in any of this other goose stuff. I could have sworn they called him Denny Nagel in the first in twelve when he first appears. They didn't call him Roman. Like they changed his name to Roman. Denny was a name that they are taught. They're talking about someone named Denny, I believe. But, but they say Denny Nagel. Well, Not maybe De- Roman's nickname. Maybe. Anyway, Denny so, Nagel sounds like a fucking British guy that Eddie Izzard would play. But it also sounds like if I was named Denny Nagel, I would go by Roman. Just sure. saying. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying. I'm trying to part. find the other thing. Um. Bear with me. It's not like they keep these fucking things. Um... There's one here where they're saying, see, and I, I don't agree with this. Well, this has incorrectly regarded as groups, goofs, like you said. So it says here, when Livingston is giving Rusty the slot machine sequence for the jackpot win, the crew thinks he's in the back of a car handcuffed, which is why they needed the cartwheel to hack Banks' computer and why Livingston didn't do the hack. But he's right back on the earpiece to give Rusty the sequence. Actually, it's Eugene who rigged the slot machine and gives Rusty the sequence. But there's no way. That's definitely Livingston's voice. There's no way that's Eugene. Who the hell is Eugene again? The guy did. The guy did. They pay the forty thousand to actually rig the. the oh slot yeah, machine. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But there, this is claiming that it is, it is Eugene, and I'm saying there's no way. Um, I guess. Uh, well, there is this whole thing, a, per, a revealing mistake. A person who's been bedridden for six months would have atrophied muscles yeah. and would require physical therapy to walk again. Yet Ruben gets up and walks around like it's only been a few days because in the movie world, it has been a few days. Um, that or like what, you know, clearly m- m- muscle atrophy doesn't matter when when uh, Don Cheadle writes you a really nice letter. You know, that just that just boosts you up like nobody's <laughs> business. Um, all right, let's fucking get this over with. Let's let's fucking talk about eight. Because well, wait, but before before we do that, one of the things that I love there's, a, there's still a lot of things about thirteen that I love, and I don't want to. I know you don't want to spend all night, and we've already been at this for quite some time. But one of the things I do love is when when they're doing the exit strategy, and then they they cause the earthquake, for lack of a better better phrase. Yeah. When the dice fall, the the dice sculpture. 
Did you notice what? And it's in the trivia, but I've noticed this long before I ever read the trivia. Did you notice what it falls to? Snake House. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. It's it's very much a um a a symbolism of like gotcha, Willie. You know what I mean? Like the other thing I want to do, and I haven't done it yet because I haven't had the patience. But I literally want to. You know the see that's like the montage of everybody winning, and it's yeah. got numbers above their head. Yeah. I actually want to like start frame by framing that and adding up the dollar amounts to see if it equals 500, 500 million. I don't think it will because I, look, you do you. I that's you like math, so that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> to show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service, without all the drama. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Okay, this is this is for me one where you think we should do one more? You think we should do more? They they shouldn't have done one more. Uh, first and foremost, I have to stress, anybody who's listened to me knows I'm a feminist. So I don't want it to be misconstrued that I'm being one of the thousands of fucking uh, reviewers that re- review bombed Ocean's 8 specifically because they're women. No, that's totally why you don't like it. <laughs> go, f- go fuck yourself. <laughs> I am of the opinion, just like you are, if you're going to fucking drag me down, I'm going to drag you down, that making a movie where it's the quote unquote girl version or the woman version of a, of a franchise that already kind of is doing respectfully well does not help women as far as I'm concerned. It may, it honestly, it back, it backfires every single time. Like Ghostbusters. See, I knew you were going to make the Ghostbusters comparison, and to me, this is very different than what they tried to do with Ghostbusters. I absolutely disagree. It's exactly the same formula. No. Hey, there's this franchise. Let's make it all women. Right. The problem with Ghostbusters was not making it all women. That was not the problem with the Ghostbusters movie. The problem with that Ghostbusters movie is there was zero continuity to the rest of the franchise. And they tried mm-hmm. to make, and they and they went for slap. They almost went for a level of slapstick. One of the okay. things that made the first three ghost, or the first two Ghostbusters, I should say, excuse me, Ghostbuster movies so wonderful was that when Aykroyd and Ramis was were writing them, they wrote jokes because they're comedic writers and comedic actors. No question about that. I, I I'm not going to argue that they didn't go for slapstick. Mm-hmm. They went for slapstick in that female Ghostbusters movie. You know, they went, they went, I mean, short of Pratt Falls, which I think there might have even been a few, mm-hmm. you know, they, that's what they went. This Oceans movie, Oceans 8, didn't do that. They they kept a very 
distinct level of continuity between the original franchise and this. There, there are there are some differences. I'm not going to argue that. Obviously, there's less than eleven, but that I had no problem with. I don't think you have to have eleven women. I don't think it was necessary. You know, I. That's the big difference between what happened with Ghostbusters and Oceans, at least to me. Ghostbusters tried to reinvent the franchise. Oceans Eight didn't do that. They just took it a different, in a different direction with the same vibe, same continuity, even calling back some musical references and character references. There's, there's, there's character cameos from the original franchise. Look, I, I'm. You actually make a very good point in the in the comparison of Ghostbusters and and Ocean's Eight. I I fully agree with you on that. However, to the general public, and in this regard, the general public for for primarily seeing both these types of movies is prominently men. Whatever the reasoning are, it doesn't matter. The public consensus is is. This was fucking feminist trash. I am all for feminist trash. I believe in feminist trash. We both do. So fuck those right. people. Yeah. <laughs> fuck all those guys. But that's where that's why there's not gonna be an Oceans Nine or an Oceans Ten. Which also I, which I wish there would be, honestly. That's that's also for me, I'm kind of not thrilled about the title of Oceans Eight. It kind of felt like they were getting too cocky and too ahead of themselves. We're like, we're going to have a fucking trilogy. We're going to have Oceans 8. We're going to have Oceans 9. We're going to have Oceans 10. And that'll feed into Oceans 11. And then, but for me, they could have just made it Oceans 14. Yeah, it doesn't sound as good as a title as for some reason Oceans 12 or 13. But Oceans 8 doesn't really sound like a good fucking title. Oceans 11 is consistently the only one that really fucking sounds good as a title by itself. I don't disagree with you there. As much as we both seem to like 13 the movie, 13 the title is pretty stupid. Let's, it's, I, it's very gimmicky. No, for, for sure. sure. And, then, and I even remember when they announced Oceans 12 before I'd even seen the film. So despite, forget the content, just the title, I remember thinking to myself, really? You know, right. and then when they announced, and then they said, I remember, I remember when they announced they were going to do another one and they hadn't even said the title yet. I was like, they're going to fucking call this 13. And then sure but, enough, you know, but you know, what are they supposed to call the sequels? Oceans 11, two, no, Oceans but, 11, three. No, but you could have called it Oceans 11, comma, the revenge or, or the bank job or, you know, I mean, something, you know what that, I mean? Like, that would work. The bank job would work. You could have, but I'm saying um, is you could have done something like that. You could have kept it Oceans 11 colon blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But, like, right. But you see my point of, of, of them doing eight is just like, all right, guys. I, I don't know that I agree that they specifically saw like, let's build it into eight, nine, 10 so that it feeds. And then you have eight through 13. Like, I, I don't know that I, I a hundred percent to go with you there. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're you're necessarily wrong. Like I, I don't have anything that says okay, no, you're fundamentally fucking wrong there. I don't have that. But you know, I I I don't necessarily say that that's definitively what their thought process was either. I can't I can't I can't wrap my brain around that. That that's exactly I'm, it. I'm saying they should have called it the bare minimum of Oceans Ten. If you're gonna go backwards, go Oceans Ten and work your way down. Because presumably, the better they get at the cons, the less they need people. You Fair know, enough. so it would I, flow I, well with the thing. I would like, listen, 
and we're still going to talk more about this film, but I would like one more. And I know I know it's not like I'm making a joke here, but I'm not. Like, I would like at least one more. And honestly, what I would like, and if it takes two more to get there, then I think I'd be okay with it, but I don't think you need two more. I would like, because it's implied throughout the whole film that Danny may not actually be dead. There's never any proof that Danny's dead. And actually, one of the things I read about is if you read the ages, the 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 dates on the, the tombstone, and then know how old he's supposed to be in 12, mm-hmm. he's two years younger than he would have been in, in 12 when he dies. Now, I don't know if that's a goof or more, or, or just hear me out, more to that he's not actually in there. And that's kind of like a code indicating to everyone who knows him that he's not in there. You know, I, I think you, because I read the same trivia thing. I think you misread it because what they're saying is that he's two years younger than George Clooney's actual age. No, that's I read another one. I saw that one too. I read a different one. So I know what you're talking okay. about, but I read it. Anyway, the point, the point being is I would like to see one where you don't have all the 11. You can't anyway, because of Carl Reiner being gone and also Bernie Mac, but, like, maybe Correct. you have Danny, Rusty, Basher, and I don't think you'd get Linus. So maybe you get, like, those three teaming up with the eight from from Debbie's crew, you right. know what I mean? And and having one more joint heist, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I want one joint heist between them. I want that. I agree, and that was that was going to be my argument of Sorry. why. No, 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 no. I, I'm glad you said it because that way you and I are both for once on the same fucking. You know, <laughs> um, I my my whole point is that Hollywood is going to never fucking win the whole. Let's make the all women cast. Let's make the all black cast. Let's make the all this cast. Yes, Ocean's Eleven is an all-male cast, but unfortunately, males are dominating, especially white males. I mean, there are some black people in the crew, but it's largely... And there's one Asian. There's one token fucking Asian guy. Yeah, you got the token ha- black guy to take an Asian, a token Asian guy, and that's it. Yeah, I mean... It, right. I guess there's a bunch of Jews. Okay, fine. So, uh, apart from many and, women... And you get some Mormons. I mean, if you really want to get specific... And whatever the fuck planet, you know, like Linus is from, you know, like, okay, so, okay. My point is that instead of doing the all this thing, the all gimmicky thing, and, and I'm all for trying to make a, a statement. I'm all for trying to spread awareness and, and, and all that. Anybody who knows me knows I believe in that shit. But I also don't think Hollywood, even with the Me Too movement and the rise of female empowerment, it, it hasn't caught up to the general public. There's no, not enough. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. So that you, you combine the two, you have, you just release a movie and you call it the oceans. That's it. No, that, and that's exactly, yeah, Debbie. no number. I agree with you. I hear, here's the thing though, but you have to set up Debbie's credibility. And that's the thing. Like that's, see, cause here's what you, here's, I actually have a plot for the joint film. I don't have the whole thing soup to nuts, but I got at least the beginning, right? The way, mm-hmm. the way you find, you find out or the way you get them together, she still doesn't know Danny's alive. Mm-hmm. And her and Lou plot another job. Don't mm-hmm. know what it is. I don't have that part figured out, right? But you plan another job, you do it. At the same time, Danny and what's left of his crew, Basher, Rusty, and 
you know, maybe maybe Livingston, who knows, whatever. But one or two other people, not the whole 11 of them. Not even for the obvious reasons. I still think even if they were all alive, you don't use all 11 of them. You know, personally, mm-hmm. you use a handful of them. But you have them, they're working the same job unbeknownst to each other. And while they're mm-hmm. planning it, they figure out that they're working, they're they're planning the same job and ultimately combine efforts to pull it off. Like I that's, like that. That's how you do this film. And that's how you bring Danny back to life without it being, you know, like he's hiding because of some job he did. And you can get some background on that. You know what I mean? Like, I, first off, fuck them for it, it. Let's say for the sake of argument, Danny is dead. That's fuck you for doing that. I, I agree. I 100 percent agree with you. If he really is dead, I agree. I, the the argument I could actually just came up with how you explain why he's dead. I uh, or not what, but like why he's faked his death, not why he's actually dead, but why he's faking his death. Mm-hmm. Terry's pissed off about the donation from thirteen. He wants his fucking money. Danny's hiding again. Okay, I'm, like, I'm, I, I whatever the plot is, as long as no, it's but I'm good, just saying, as long as Soderbergh fucking has a hand in it. Well, I, I don't think the guy who wrote and directed this one was terrible, Ross. Like he. I, uh, he's no Soderbergh. I, I get that, but he is not. It wasn't terrible. Well, first off, it should have been done by a woman. This is just another fucking well, movie where if they're going to cater to a female audience, they're going to have a whole female fucking thing, and it's, it, clearly it's written by a fucking man. No, it's it's written by a man and a woman. It's a joint writership because I watched an interview with the both of them. Then they're talking about it together. It's a joint writer man woman combination. Well, it it didn't feel that way to me. It, it, Olivia, it Olivia, Olivia Milch and Gary Ross wrote the screenplay. So okay, but it it, it just didn't feel like it, it felt like another guy trying to fucking explain what a woman sounds like, and it just didn't flow. I, well. I didn't take it that way at all. I disagree. Look, I, I, you and I are in agreement about the way to fucking bridge this and then not have a movie where it backfires because of a feminist leanings is you have them work together. You have a movie with the best people involved. You have a movie with the smartest and trained people, regardless of their race, gender, and and identity. I, I honestly think from Danny's crew, you have I think you have Ruben just because because Elliot Gold's still with us, right? Am I correct about that? Elliot yes. Gold, yeah, as okay. far as I know, yeah, yeah. Well, so you have and you have <laughs> you have you have Elliot Gold just because he makes the appearance in in the first eight. So like I think you you bring him back just simply based on that, right? Same thing with Yen. I think you bring Yen back for the same reason. And then you have Basher, Rusty, and Danny. That's it from that crew. And then you have her and then you have her eight minus maybe Rose Vile, the the fashion designer. With all this respect to Helen Helena Bonham Carter, because I like her. But I feel like that character that's the one character that never felt like she fit in the crew to me. Like that was the one that didn't feel right. You know. Well, she was she was specifically chosen because it was a fashion designer thing. She could exactly. only go so much. So I agree with you on that aspect. Exactly. Um, so that's and that and that's I want to reiterate that's not in any way a criticism on Helena Bonham Carter's performance. No, she she did an amazing job with the performance. The character just doesn't fit if you're going to do another job. That's all. Agree. She's not a criminal. She just needed the money. Um, also, okay. Look, I have other criticisms of of just they get all this money. And they fucking like I'm all for them celebrating their shit. But like the reason one of the reasons why the 11 crew got caught is because they were spending their fucking money a little too. No, the 11 crew got caught because the one guy rattled his mouth off the uh, Danny Shields. That's that is also true, but it was easier for them to find 
based on all the purchases they were doing, except for Epcot because it's not expensive. And appa- no, apparently, apparently Lamarck knew where they were and told Talor. That's the way I interpret it. it. Had nothing to do with money spending. Okay, my point that's, is, I'm, for, I'm not for, trying to, I'm not trying to fight. I'm just telling you that's how I, I feel like it lays out. No, 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 no. I, I hear you. But for eight, Helena Bonham Carter, who is in debt, immediately just pays off her debt and then opens up her own fucking thing. It's like. That was very sloppy on the character's point of view. Sure. You know, um, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of, of the cast. I feel like Rihanna was really miscast. I thought I she did great, honestly. I, I think she did fine. Uh, whoever played her, her sibling, her younger yeah, sister in yeah. that one scene could not fucking understand anything she said. Yeah. Yeah. She was a little, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I feel like Rihanna was put in because she's Rihanna, not because of anything specific. I also, I, I, I don't know if it is racist. I don't know enough. I, I know how I feel, but I don't know if it is racist where you have, there's the geeky techie character and more often than not, it's an Asian person or a black person with the exception of Livingston. Most of the, of the heist crews I've seen, whenever there's a techie person, it's always someone who's black or someone who's Asian. But here's the thing. Like, I, I, the thing that, first off, I don't agree with you about the black. The Asian for sure. Yes. That, that's, that's been a trope for way too goddamn long. Going all the way back to your favorite movie, The Goonies with, with Data. Like, that's, you know, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not, not shitting on The Goonies, but it's, it's true, right? I mean, that's, that's your guy yeah, in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this movie, you know, uh, so I don't know if, uh, Rihanna actually being that role instead of Aquafina, for one, I thought was a positive thing for number one. Wait, hear me out. And then number two, she's very street. She's very, and I mean that in a positive way. Like she, she's not, she's not that, that in the basement afraid to go outside. She's very, you know, it's, it's, she's very social. She's very, you know, and then she also has this other life where she could fuck you over in the two mouse clicks. You know what I mean? So, it I I I I don't I agree with you as a whole that that happens a lot, but I don't think that's the case with Rihanna's character in Nine Ball. I just feel like I would have had more respect if they if if she and Kate Blanchett switch roles, I wouldn't bitch. I I that's I, all I'm saying. And and I and. I'm not. I don't have a problem with that as it is, but I can also agree with you that if that had flipped, I wouldn't have. I I equally would not have had issue. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have suddenly been like, okay, that's that's bad now. You know what I mean? Well, my like, question. I mean, I I reiterate. I don't know if it's considered racist. I just know. I'm like, it looks kind of weird that the three main people in charge of the Ocean's crew, Debbie. Lou and even Sarah Paulson would be considered the third in charge, which I and didn't like her else at all. Is, is, is a woman of color, right? You know, I I I can see that. I see where you're coming. From. I don't. I, I yeah. I I see where you're coming. From. I actually didn't like Sarah Paulson in this. Like I she's yeah, she was useless. In this and kind of quite honestly, you're gonna laugh at us for until I looked it up. I thought it was Kristen Wiig because they fucking yeah. look almost identical. Like, but that's my point is that like this is a movie and that's a role where Kristen Wiig would have been in and everyone would have just been like a fucking course. Jesus Christ. Right. That being said, I didn't know dick about Aquafina, and I've now had a whole fucking dose of Aquafina because I saw Ocean's 8 and she's in fucking uh, Shang-Chi. 
And I fucking love Aquafina. <laughs> oh, I'm she, not gonna lie. I haven't if, listened to any of your music. No. If you haven't if you haven't seen it, watch Crazy Rich Asians too, because she's she's that's, in that. That's and, next. That's next on my list. It's good. You, I think you. I think you will like that. You know why you will like that without getting into a whole thing? It's it's the Hangover without the over the top insanity. Okay. So I and I know you like the Hangover movie. So it's 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 without all that insanity that it happens, but it's got that sure. Hangover vibe. So I think you'll dig it for that reason. Um, but going yeah. I, I forget what I was saying. <laughs> okay, look. Uh, I I feel like I thought Sandy the... looked terrible in there. Who like Sandy Bullock? Uh, she Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she she. I don't know if it was makeup or she's had some plastic surgery, but like that's not the Sandy that I she, know. She, you know, she had um she battled cancer um for a while, and she's had like operations and shit. Oh, maybe that's it. I don't. I mean, look, I I'm not. I think her performance was fine, but she didn't. They didn't do her any favors. I thought. Well, let me let me put it this way. I I one hundred percent believe that she could be the that Debbie Ocean is the sister of. Oh Danny. yeah, yeah. That is that is good casting in theory, but she doesn't. She's not. Is it unfair for us to say she's not Danny? Little bit. But she's her own person, so she's she's gonna, her own person. She's gonna execute things differently than Danny would. But the implication is that she also learned a lot from Danny, and whoever taught Danny also in turn taught her, or sure. Danny taught her. Sure, but there's um, st- you're still going to develop your own style. I I had no problem absolutely. that she was different than Danny in that regard. I really did. No, 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 no. I'm 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 not. I'm I'm acknowledging that it's unfair to make that assumption. I'm acknowledging okay. that anybody who's saying she's not as witty as Danny Ocean, yeah, dude, I'm not as fucking like good looking as my brothers, you know, yeah, like, you know, yeah. it's, you can't, you can't be unfair, especially you can't really be that unfair because she's a woman. She's, you know, and she's also younger than Danny. So I will say this though. I think a lot of the charm of 11, 12 and 13, well, 11 and 13, and even some of 12 is that you get the impression apart from Linus and Yen that the crew knows each other likes each other and they're able to have a camaraderie there's lots of that in this yeah the only people that know each other really are the three the three that you mentioned it's it's lou debbie and uh debbie uh uh, uh, fucking not kristen wig (laughs) sarah paulson but i'm trying to think the character tammy tammy's a character's name I will say this. I love Sarah Paulson. I think she's one of the greatest actresses, especially on TV in this day and age. I I, I was wowed and mesmerized by her in, in, in plenty of seasons of uh, American Horror Story. She fucking killed in The People vs. OJ. I think she's a great actress. Right. But she definitely was the like someone I guarantee wrote Kristen Wiig as casting dis- a choice, and Kristen Wiig was unavailable, so they were like, "All right, who? Let's do Sarah Paulson." I loved Helena Bonham Carter in this. I'm a big Helena Bonham Carter fan. You know this. Um, I liked I her too. Irish yeah. inflection. I thought I, because I'm she's not Irish, but she fucking nailed the Irish accent. Yeah. Um, I I like Mindy Kaling from you know random things. I, I thought she was fine in this. I love Aquafina. I said that. I thought Rihanna. I honestly was. Just, they. I don't even think they auditioned her. That's my thing. I don't think. I think that she was just offered the role because she's fucking Riri. 
is all I'm saying. I, I don't agree, but that's fine. I, I That's fine. Um, I don't think that any of these actresses, with the exception of Debbie and Lou, had that same feel. There I was, agree. There was I agree. no camaraderie. Yeah. There was it some was, between Tammy and Debbie as well, but not Yeah, a lot. but it was more of kind of like Linus and fucking uh, Danny. It was but that the, type but, of thing. But the difference there is that Danny met Linus for the job. It's very much implied that Debbie and Tammy... I mean, Debbie's number is in her phone. When she calls Tammy, it says Debbie Ocean on her phone. It, that They know each other through, pre- through yeah. from previous interaction to this thing whereas Linus didn't know who the hell Danny was until he picked his own until he picked his pocket in Chicago. So Alright, so the the big one is Anne Hathaway. First off, I I like Anne Hathaway. I have there there again this is I think I know weird... where you're going and I'm I I'll, I'm wait till you're done, but I think I know where you're going. I have this whole thing there there's there's the public stigma of Anne Hathaway where She's regarded as a bitch. And they use those words like, oh, Anne Hathaway just looks like a bitch. Like she mm-hmm. acts like a bitch. She's a bitchy person. Fuck her. Blah, 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 blah. I just don't like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly 100% feel deep down in my fucking soul that Anne Hathaway chose this role and chose the way that she played that role as her saying, all these people think this about me anyways. I'm going to do the most Anne hathaway role I could possibly do. You want- her, character, her character is completely fucking unlikable, and I think she was, like, poking fun at, at the public persona of her. You, you, want, you want some validation? Sure. So I watched the, one of the features on the Ocean Date DVD or the Blu-ray when I was getting ready for this, and one of them was called remaking i think it's called it's called the oceans uh crew 3.0 or something it's something like that i forget what the title of the thing is called but it's about bringing the eight women together you know like they brought the 11 guys together in the first in the first Clooney one and mm-hmm. they actually end up talking to each of the actors about their character and how to kind of develop that she never says what you just said but she heavily implies that it's exactly what she was doing there so, you, you know, she, she, no, she, it was a very conscious decision for her to play the role like that and play it very, you know, in that way. Yeah. That was, that was very much, it was, yeah. Listen, fundamentally, there are some issues. I'm not going to lie about that. But, but, you know, going back to the comparison you made or, or at least brought up initially about Ghostbusters. It 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 is not it it's not I know it's not what you want for another oceans film and I get that and then there are some issues like I'm not sitting here that's why it's still towards the bottom of my list you know I I forget we were doing a list not that long ago where like I said depending on my day it would flip the bottom you know like I forget what we were discussing it might have been when I was saying I think it was, I think I was saying rounders and twenty one like depending on my mood would be number one versus number two and it's it's not. To say one, you know, I think the same thing goes for 12 and 8 for me. Like, to me, they're, they're right, you know, they're kind of right there. Like, they're de- like on this viewing, I liked 8 better. But six months from now, or three months from now, or a month from now, that might flip. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, 
I just felt like this was. I think my one of my issues is that we care so much about the the the, the original the not the original the the initial trilogy of it's Oceans. the original for the purpose of this conversation it's the original I know what you're Fine. saying but yeah yeah um but it just felt like a very shallow version of it it just I, I to the most at least offensive as I could possibly muster. It just didn't feel like any of these characters really liked each other for the most part. And well, oh god! And if it, it honestly, it really just shouldn't have been called Ocean's Eight. This would have been a fine heist film, but trying to jam it into the Ocean's franchise and have connections and have Ruben show up and Yen show up, and even Matt Damon originally showed up and then they cut his his role for some reason. Um, I, it just I don't know. I, 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 I kind of disagree with you. I, I like here's the thing, like the more I think about it, and I've been thinking about it as we've been going along here, like I like the fact that, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point that you know the, the thing that made the eleven uh, so good is that even though they they may not have all worked together before, they all were kind of aware of each other uh, together, uh, you know, because they all didn't right. know each other for sure. I mean, there's obvious in by that sequence out by the pool before Danny presents the job in Eleven, like they're all kind of mingling. You know, you see Basher and Rusty talking, but they obviously know each other. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like Tur- or Turks talking the saw, and he's like, "Have you ever been to Utah? I think you dig Provo," and you know. It's very awkward. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't know each other from a hole in a ground. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody. But the the implication is that at least some of these characters have worked with these other characters. They, this is the first time they're doing a big job. No, I, I agree. And, and, and they're not all, but there's also some indication that some of them have never met, period, ever. But the, the point I'm like getting. Like Linus. Like Linus. Like, I think, I think, you know, Saul has not met a lot of them because of the retirement or whatever, you know. Sure, sure, but sure. the the point I'm trying to make, though, is that, and maybe not you, but there could have been, I can see the argument for the complaint that if they just did another one where they all knew each other, it's like, oh, okay, well, we're just following the formula again. So breaking well, the formula yeah. and, and making it, okay, this is a brand new crew of people led by two people who do know each other, because obviously Lou and Debbie and to a lesser extent, Tammy all know each other, you know. Mm. Um, and even then, I don't know that Tammy and Lou know each other. I think I think Debbie's like the bridge to those two characters for that what that's worth. Yeah, like, you know? We're not friends. We're friends with friends, but we're not fucking friends. Correct. Yeah. Right. You know. So so I think bringing them together and making it a new crew who could potentially keep doing jobs together, what you know, worked. You know, you, I, I. You make a you make a fair point, and here's my point to add to it. I think, unfortunately, this movie was never really going to get a fair shake. If it's all women, it's it's a feminist fucking. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it if, has, if it's too similar, then it's then it's unoriginal. It if has, it's too original, yeah. then why make it? Then why shove it in with Ocean? It yeah, it has That's strikes against it no matter what. But I mean, like, how do you know? At the same time. It's really weird because like people have problems like that. They have problem with the Ghostbusters. They have problem with you know. I mean, I have a problem with the Ghostbusters, but still, people have problem with that. People have problems with these other ones that are like that. I'm trying to think of another one because I know there's more of them out there. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, there's all these reboots that people are okay with. There's a lot of reboots people are perfectly fucking fine with. You know what I mean? And 
they're like, oh, oh, great, it's a reboot. Let's, you know, we're we're getting into it again. You know, I think for I think Ocean's Eight is fine for the next generation who doesn't who don't give a shit or who have never seen. See, here's the thing. I don't I'm not interested in the typical white male fucking dude who kind of looks like me. Essentially, I don't care what their opinion is about Ocean's 8. I know what they're going to say. I know they're. I know that vitriol hatred of fucking women being in charge. I don't agree with it, so I don't need to know it. When I was going on IMDb, I was perusing as many reviews as I could where I could eat, where it was explicitly stated that the reviewer was a woman. Or it was implied that it was a woman. Or if it was a good review, it was written by a man. And more often than not, women also fucking hated this movie. And 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 some of them actually said, I really like this movie until I watched the other ones. And I said, oh, wow, this doesn't compare to 11, 12, and 13. And, no. and it, 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 all the things doesn't. they liked of eight, they all of a sudden didn't like anymore. They're like, I like the catty banter between the two. And they're like, oh, wow, they actually didn't like each other at all. They didn't know each other. I mean, I, I I'm not t- going to tell anybody this is not you can't like this movie. Sure. I personally did not like this movie, but I felt bad that I didn't like this movie. I wanted to like this movie. CJ, you know this and foremost. I I love to complain about movies and I love that you and I can debate about movies and I like to be right and I like to be wrong and and it makes good conversation. But first and foremost, I want every fucking movie to be good. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to sit down or at a theater or at home, spend $10, $15 or $4 or whatever and not have a good time. And not for nothing, I have to compare this to the original, the original original, the Rat Pack one, where it was this was just kind of a gimmicky fucking movie. Whereas Eleven, you felt like Soderbergh and Clooney and Pitt and Damon all wanted to have as much of a good of a time as possible. Whereas Rat Pack guys were like, let's campaign for Kennedy, and we're already at the casino. They might as well just roll the fucking cameras. I... We don't have to. We don't have to stretch much. I don't. I don't want to go much longer because we're almost at the three and a half hour mark as it is. But, right. but I, I do have a question for you. They bring the same cast back together for eight. The eight cast, right? Bring mm-hmm. the same cast back together and they put it in Soderbergh's hand. I think it would be a very different film, and I think he probably would have been. He could probably direct it. I will acknowledge there's a line of dialogue where they talk about no men in the film. Yes. And and, and the argument is is that men get noticed. We don't want to be noticed. Right. And I totally respect that. And, 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 and I agree with that sentiment, but then it's still a man versus woman type of thing. And my whole point is that for any con or for any job, you choose the best people available. And I just, I also don't, I see a lot of flaws in, in both, in both teams for sure. But that's why, but, that's why my idea of bringing them together place you yeah, know what and I, mean? I totally so. agree i i think you get you get the best of of group a you get the best of group b and you and that's what the movie should have been but you know little little things that like there was no point for rihanna to come out of the van in a dress there was no point for her to go into the gala whatsoever it was just a whole point of let's show Riri's curves and look how hot she is in this dress. No, they Did, needed her to get the diamonds out. She helped get the diamonds out. It didn't have to be her. Well, I guess, it, I mean, the, the point was to keep it to the eight people, you know. 
I don't know, man. I, I, I may need to watch it again, but I also I still have a fundamental problem with the fact that they implied Danny's death. And if it, and ultimately now the implication is he is dead because I don't think they're going to make a nine or a ten. We're not going to get yeah. the team up of the, of the ocean I, siblings that we wanted. I I agree. I got that that I have a small problem with, but I mean it it is what it is, unfortunately, and that's all there is to it. I I right. did like the homages to Danny throughout the film. At one point, she's wearing a turtleneck, which is something Danny wore at one point. You know, the scene at the end when she's like, "You would have loved it." She's wearing a tuxedo. Basically, you know, with the bow tie unfurled, yeah, just yeah, like him. Like, I'm, I, I like those little homages, but yeah, they were good. I have to ask you about one other thing just because it came out, and it's actually one of my favorite parts of the whole film. And it's going to sound like I'm being anti feminist when I say this by saying it's one of my favorite parts of the film, but it has nothing to do with the sexual, the, the, the gender of this. But James mm-hmm. Corden coming in at the insurance investigator at the end was oh. fucking brilliant. I loved it, I thought it was oh. great. Okay, so I I have a love hate for James Corden. I think he's talented. Sometimes I think he's funny, but I also he was fucking everywhere. He he needs to say no to a movie every once in a while. Um, then you're just it, seeing it, more than me because it's I don't see him. I know he's in I know he's in Cats, and I know he you know in a couple other things, but like I've only ever seen this really. I know, so. I've heard his voice in like animated movies pop, constantly pop up and shit, but like that's that's beside the point. I just I don't know his, his character in some scenes was great, and in other scenes was grating. Is how I can best muster. Ah, see, I no, feel I like he like could have been someone else. I I you know, but it was. It was fine, but I will say the consensus, like what? Fuck my opinion. Fuck your opinion. People fucking hated him in this movie. Uh, see, like all a... the reviews were just like, "Why the fuck was James Corden in this? Fuck that. That was so it, stupid. It, I fucking hate him." It seemed like an odd way to take the film, but I don't think that had anything to do with James Corden. It just seemed like an odd direction to take the film. But I mean that that's my opinion on it. But that it, had nothing to do with his performance. The, the funny thing is, I think I'm being a little too critical based on the plot itself because i just steph and i just watched uh the thomas crown affair with pierce brosnan sure that's a fucking heist movie and the whole thing is that he pulls a fucking heist where he where he steals a painting and the insurance company sends out somebody to try and solve it and blah 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 and that's renee russo and they they have this attraction for each other she knows he stole it he knows she's trying to you know put him in jail and they have this attraction for each other and she seems better at her job than he does that than uh, james corden does at his job i don't know man i i just i try to like it and i but ultimately it boils down to the heist was fine but i i didn't really like the characters there was no likability if if you have a name like an like ocean you should be a little deeper than a puddle is all i'm saying it was just super shallow. To to me, I'll tell you this, and this is the last thing I'll say about it because I think I want to wrap it up anyway. But is, you know, the first time I watched it, I felt very similarly the way you did. I'm not gonna lie. The very first time I saw it, because I've seen this movie a few times, right? Um, mm-hmm. I watched it at least three times just on my own for the sake of trying to see if I could get a feel for it, like the way I did with the other the originals, right? Mm-hmm. And then I've watched it twice for this thing. I'm not gonna lie, and okay. that and and that's just what it is. Um, and I will well, tell you, I will tell you that on subsequent watches, I I have come to like this movie. Like like a long time. Like if you had asked me, maybe even a month ago or two months ago, 
to rank these films, it would have been it would have been eleven, thirteen, twelve. Wait for it, eight. Like that's how far away I had it. And on sub- yeah. subsequent watches and thinking about it, I I moved it up much higher. So okay, I mean. The, my final thought, like, it just sort of boils down to one scene, right? And the one rule that Danny and his buddy and his, you know, they have that code that we talked about. And basically, it's don't steal from somebody who can't afford it, right? Mm-hmm. Or don't make it personal or, or whatever the code is. But I feel like Debbie didn't even fucking learn that lesson. I feel like, one, it was personal against, you know, the guy who threw her in jail. And two, that whole point where she fucking... Gets out of jail. Like, let me let me stress this. I liked how she did it, but I don't agree that she did it. When she gets out of jail and she goes and steals a whole bunch of perfumes and dresses and blah, blah, blah. First off, that would never happen the way it would happen. They would say they would not let her walk out of the store with all that shit. It, they just wouldn't. They would call the cops and say someone's trying to steal. We don't have, they don't have a they don't have a receipt, blah, 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 blah. Second, her conning that couple that had a hotel room, like they're going to fucking have a whole goddamn issue of being like, we didn't fucking rebook. What are you talking about? Yeah, but they she would never deserve- get caught for that. And that was, they wouldn't what? have figured that out till long after she was out of there because she was only in there one night. So, But it, it's, it felt like they were going to, like the couple itself. We don't, know, we, don't, we don't know if they're a rich couple. They could just be on vacation, you know, saved up. And the fact that she was like, fuck them. I think I think based on the room that she was staying in or the hotel that they were at, that they, they probably had some money. Listen, and to your point about not making it personal, Danny, the first one, Ocean's Eleven, is very fucking personal. Right, and it backfired, too. The whole fucking... Not really. If he, Well, it kind of did. I mean, like, if, if he hadn't... If, if Tess wasn't involved and he hadn't been walking around talking to Tess in front of Terry Benedict... It would the 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 odds of them getting caught would have dropped down substantially if it no. was just them robbing Willie in the first film, you know, instead of thirteen, you know, say he's the casino owner, then it wouldn't have been it would have been more of a successful job. Is all I'm saying. But we so also the think it's the best. It personal, but but it's personal, and yet we think it's the best film. See, do you see what I'm saying? Like because at that point they're like, all right, all bets are off. They're they're doing it. They're not doing this to get rich. They're doing this to humiliate bank as much as possible. No, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about eleven compared to eight. I'm talking like you're talking about how that's a problem in eight, and it's equally as personal in eleven, and it worked. And you're talking about how, we've talked about how great that film is. The film is great. I don't agree with either Danny or Debbie's fucking. You can't oh. say this is a rule and then they just break it. And and you know I I love Eleven because of the flashiness and the dialogue. Sure. And okay, the, well and no, I I I think I missed some, something in your point there. I got it now. Uh, I got it now, but I, I I think I was missing it. So look, I'll end this with: Do you think they need one more? No. CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right. Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Potaskew every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific at getvocal.com slash Potaskew. That's www.getvokl.com slash Potaskew where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games. 
If you can't or don't want to join us live, you can follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. We both shook Sinatra's hand, and there's a code amongst guys that shook Sinatra's hand. Screw Sinatra's hand. business, Bank of Clark County has you covered. Offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC.